uh, season one where she straight up swims after Wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I don't know if she doesn't like water, but she definitely does not like those rocks. She's That's like, sure. I like jumping into the water. I don't like when the water's jumping at me. <laughs> and I think that's fair. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin A. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode, our guest came up with, and he said that it should be if you had to be trapped in an underwater station with somebody, like, who would you trust to help you get out of this situation, like Charlie and Desmond? And originally, I thought that was only a IRL person type thing, and my immediate thought was that I was going to trust my dad with that. I don't know if I would trust anybody else except for my dad with that sort of thing. Then, uh, it was brought up that it could also be a fictional character, and in that case, I'm bringing Saeed. Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's so smart. I yeah. mean, Saeed's the obvious choice. Mine is not as intelligent. Yeah. Okay, go on. <clears throat> and my name is Casey Wall. I'm a 25-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and making astrological charts for fictional characters. You can follow me on Twitter at CaseyWatchesTV or at LF Candle Co. where I make pop culture-inspired candles. And my answer would be Ursula because if you like... Smart. She's capable of you know being underwater uh, she lives underwater Correct. You know? <laughs> yeah so that's an advantage and also like she's done some schemes she's done some some torturing like mentally emotionally probably physically so and uh, she can become giant yeah so i i would just leave it to her you know take care that's of business and our guest this episode is dave Yay! hi my name's dave i'm a 40 year old over credentialed professional from a small new england town i like board games justice and cooking for my wife and four years old daughter. You can follow my fandom account on Twitter at 1701trekkie because I don't exist anywhere else because I'm actually Hugo Reyes's imaginary friend. <laughs> ah yes, Dave. Oh. It's Dave! Oh, and, and I came up with this, but I really have no idea who it, who it would be. My first thought when I said, oh, it, it could be someone fictional, my first thought was Jacques Cousteau, and I'm like, no, he's not fictional. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I feel like if I needed to be there with somebody who would help me torture, well, there's a guy from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, everybody loves Garrick, but Mm. like someone like to get out of there you just take a macgyver you just take anything richard dean anderson's done because they're all macgyver right that's very smart so you're very focused on like getting out well no if i need to help if i need to help torture somebody garrick's Uh, a great guy to help you with that right okay okay so if you would like to see this exact grouping of people on a different podcast you can check out our (laughs) riverdale podcast we did one singular episode in which it was me casey and dave it was for fire in the sky which was in uh, season five. So if you're looking for this specific uh, grouping of people, you can find another podcast just like it. However, although we are quite good friends with Dave, this is the first time that Dave is on the Lost podcast. Wow. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. So can you talk a little bit about about your thoughts and feelings on the show? Yeah, no, I'm super excited to be here. I didn't think I was going to be here until season five. I got on, uh, I got on board late to get myself a slot (laughs) and then i had lunch with casey the day that she recorded the recorded the lost where she said she was going to be 
Oh my god. A host. That's right. And I called yeah. dibs on your episode. Uh, and then this one came along, so I'm really excited to be here. Oh, love that. So Lost and I have a weird relationship. Like everyone was telling me, I'm 40, so I was around plenty of time. People were telling me to watch it the entire run. Like, you've got to watch it. It's exactly something that you'd like. And I was like, by the time I was there, I was like four or five seasons behind. I wasn't going to catch up. So I started the day after the finale. So May 24th, 2010. (laughs) See, wow. I started, like, maybe, like, a month or two after that, so we started at a really similar time. Ooh. Oh, yeah, and I was an early adopter for Hulu, because Hulu, Hulu mm. Casey and I are both from Rhode Island, one of the big one of the big investors of Hulu originally was from Rhode Island, and so I was like, oh, this is a local thing. So I signed on with Hulu early, and there was all of Lost there, so I watched Lost. Like, I was going through a divorce at the time, I was living alone, and I didn't have my dog with me anymore. So in about two and a half weeks on my couch... I just plowed through it. I live I am to friend the entire time. This is relatable. Because I wasn't early adopted for Twitter. But I got to the end of season five and the first half of season six wasn't on Hulu. Because that's, there was a time when like only a certain number of episodes would stay on Hulu for the new series mm-hmm. and then they would drop off. So I had to torrent the first half of season six at Steel Media Kids. It's fine. Just if you if you like it, buy it. But steal it first. It's <laughs> I okay. steal media. <laughs> yeah, and if you I don't like, care. and if you like it, then you buy it. Yeah. Anyway, I was also a freshman in college when uh, Napster first dropped, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I I torrented the first half of season six, and I still have the same Hulu account, and I showed it to Robin not long ago to prove that this is these are the episodes I've seen. These are and the first half of season six is still unwatched. I've been watching it. I've really only been doing a watch along since since I picked up uh, since I met up with you guys. I started on uh, your dearly departed Star Trek Picard podcast. Yeah. And came over here because I recommended these shows to myself. Perfect. Also to other friends. Hey. But for characters like, I am Shannon. Like, I... (laughs) I love that. Which one of you did the Lost Big Three? I can't remember. Zodiac. Well, Casey did the the Zodiac. I did did their sun signs. I didn't do the Big Three. I did a thread of Lost characters and their sun signs. And Robin has started making little, like, uh, uh... Edits. Yeah, little fan edits of, like, videos of it. And it's just delightful. Um, Go to her Twitter and t- check it out. because I'm so excited to keep going with that. But I, I'm sure by the time this comes out that I will have at least done one more. But, like, I've been so busy recently with Riverdale coming back that I'm just like, I'm sorry, Juliet, you're on the back burner. God damn it, Riverdale. <laughs> what, they're just going to drop ten episodes in a row? Why? Do you need sleep? I know. <laughs> please. It, like, it's great if I'm just watching Riverdale, but I'm not just watching Riverdale, you know? Right? It's like, I'm, I'm, try- I'm trying to do things and Riverdale's just like... Yeah, no. Oh, but yeah, um, someone someone did the big three, and Shannon mm-hmm. was Sagittarius' son, and I'm like, yeah, that it, yes, I am. I will eat on the rescue boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, we are fine. Things are fine. I'll eat when the boat gets here. Nothing is terrible until it's terrible. 
because of that, I also love Saeed because I, I shipped the two of them. I really did. I loved I loved that ship. It's a great ship. Huge Shaid fan over and, here. And it's so much more than just uptown girl, downtown boy. Like, that's mm-hmm. a way you can do it. That's an, e- that's an easy and kind of lazy way to do it. But it's not that. That's so true. It, it so easily could have been something so, like, done before and yeah. tropey, but it was it was so layered. Yeah, no, they were they were they were both fully re- realized people. All of the characters on the show were fully realized. Yeah, people. it's kind of like you know it was unexpected, but then after it happened, you were like, oh, but I see how I see why it happened though. Yeah, yeah, and like so, of course, I was broken when it ended the way it did. I was very angry, uh, but then I also ended up liking Ana Lucia and Echo, so that was good, and Libby, but. Also, Lost says I can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, they said the only Taylor that gets to hang out is Bernard. That's quite literally it. Yeah. And, and even Bernard wasn't in most of this season. I got to see Bernard today. I love my boy. Yes. I love that Bernard straight up was absent for like all of the season and he showed up just to be like the most clutch. That is oh, so yeah. wild to me. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get started here. So we did want to say just to be super, super clear. This episode, like I've said for the past few episodes, will contain spoilers for next episode. So please make sure that you've seen all of season three before listening to this one. The reason why I want to be so, so, so clear is because the twist at the end of this episode is extreme and I would absolutely lose my mind to learn that I ruined this twist for somebody. It's a good twist. It is a solid. Please, please make sure you've seen both parts of the finale before listening to this. It is an iconic twist and you you won't forgive yourself if you ruin this twist. Yeah, exactly. Today we have words to say about episode 322 of Lost Through the Looking Glass Part 1. Ah, Through the Looking Glass, of course, is a reference to uh, Alice in Wonderland, in which there have been quite a few Alice in Wonderland references uh, throughout this season and just in general. And um, it is obviously also the name of the station that Charlie and Desmond are in. Um, It is named the Looking Glass as an homage to Alice in Wonderland in canon as well so because the logo like the Dharma logo for this station is uh is the rabbit I think I'm pretty sure so love that it feels silly just that it's that it's a rabbit it's like you're not even trying (laughs) to pretend that this is what it is like we cannot make this more obvious like what else was the reason other like I mean you know if you want it to be in because the only reason for it was to jam communications, right? Like, what else was this was the station even for? Because if it was for, like, marine life, that's what the Hydra was for. And if it was, like, if it was there to collect information, then that makes sense. Because you're looking into the looking glass, you're seeing what's out there. And I can right. see that you had something for communication in addition to yeah. the, the other one. Why did it have to be underwater? I like, don't know. And, you know, like, they couldn't do this from the flame? And maybe there is an answer, but I'm also like, it's just kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Less interference, maybe? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But I... Huh. <gasps> Ooh. One of the things I forgot to say about, no. I was just going to say that, like, the two communication stations are the looking glass and the flame. And, like, the flame, like, fire. And the looking glass Mm -hmm. is underwater. So it's, like, fire and water. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's least favorite episode. Anyway, me me picking at breadcrumbs. Continue. Fire plus water. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, the other thing I, I wanted to say when we were talking about Lost in My Life, and I told Robin this a while ago, on my way to drop my daughter off, I 
drive down Ford Street. Yeah. My Dunkin' Donuts at work is on Swan. Oh my God. Ooh. On the way home, I take Pearl. Oh my God. Wow. And who did this? And the other places, it's not quite Black Rock, but it's close. Yeah. And I drive by a tattoo place called Casey Tattoo. That's the most iconic. So the broadcast date for the episode was May 23rd, 2007. It was written by Carlton and Damon, of course, because it's a finale. And it was directed by Jack Bender because it's a finale. Uh, So three of the most important guys uh, are doing it. Were they co-showrunners, Carlton and Damon? Yes. Yes. Um, So Carlton came on, I think, pretty early on in season one. But Damon was there from the very beginning. Okay. Um, so for a couple of fun facts that I grabbed from Lostpedia about this episode, this is only the second time in season three uh, that all current cast members appear. And this is the only season finale in which all current cast members appear in both hours of the episode. That's crazy. In new footage or was there one before where they all appeared, but like one of it was in archive footage? I believe mm, that's a good question. I, I can't remember. Probably new new footage and everyone was in new footage yeah yeah but like i would imagine archive footage Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah it's definitely new footage for this one but i'm not sure what it was for that for that uh previous episode you know what i think it might have been expose (laughs) oh and jack and saeed were in archive footage for that one i think that's right also malcolm david kelly and julie bowen both appeared in this episode and are listed in the opening credits however to avoid ruining the surprise of their appearances they were not credited in the press release by abc yeah but then you ruin it in the open like Mm -hmm. i i get i know i hate when shows do that like i get that they have to but oh like i get julie bowen being in the opening because she's not surprising like she's not a twist it's a jack episode the way the malcolm david kelly is yes yeah and like there are other ways to do it i know that they are fanatical about alphabetical casting mm-hmm. all uh alphabetical credits all the time and that's fine but when you've got something that's such a big twist and i'm going back to star trek ds9 again for this deep space nine there was an episode where there was a massive twist at the end it was a guest star that only did this one thing so if you saw the name it would have been ruined so they moved the credit to the end and yeah. to get the actor to go along with it, they gave the actor a prestige credit at the end. Ugh, I wish more shows would do that. Like, if I was an if I was like an actor on a thing like that, and it was like a surprise that I showed up, I'd be like, "Don't put me in the front credits. That's fine. Put me in the back credits. I don't care. That'd be great." Exactly. Because I ruin myself every episode of Riverdale. I like watch for the guest stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's on you though. Yeah, that is on <laughs> me. Um. But it's funsies because I'm like, I know the names of all the actors. Ha ha. All right. Shall we just get started, my friends? Let's. I had one thought from a listener because it was me. Okay. Um, (laughs) Thank you for coming on, listener. Because I was the listener. (laughs) I know, right? There was a, there was some Oz reference a couple of episodes ago. I can't remember Mm -hmm. what it was. And I think it was probably Man Behind the Curtain, which is like a whole plot reference. Yeah. And no one mentioned innocent balloon enthusiast Henry Gale. Which is one of the, like, Gale was one of, was Dorothy's last name or something, right? Yeah. Like Uncle Henry, like it's Uncle Henry and Auntie M, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, that went over my head. Yeah. Okay. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friends, we are going to do all of the Island Story line together um because even though there are two storylines 
Uh, they intersect quite a lot, and it's a finale, so let's do it anyway. And uh, then we're going to do the flashes after that. Um, and I did the summary for the On the Island storyline. Everyone gets ready to leave. The various wives of the shooters disapprove of what's going on. Saeed makes Jack promise not to turn around no matter what. They all head out to the tune of Hollywood and Vines. Naomi shows Jack how to use her sat phone if anything happens to her. In the looking glass, Charlie is all tied up. He tells Bonnie and Greta that Juliet told them about this station. That night, Ben gets a call from Bonnie saying that Charlie is down there. He sends me Kyle to go take care of it. Ben calls Price to tell him that Juliet betrayed them and it's a trap, but their walkies are all off. A bunch of them get blown up as Saeed and Bernard shoot their dynamite piles, but Jin isn't able to get it done and the three of them are captured. The group listens for a third explosion, but it doesn't come. Sun and Rose want to do something, but Jack says no, they need to keep moving. Underwater, Charlie tells Bonnie and Greta that he is going to turn off the jamming equipment even if he dies. Friendly calls Ben to tell him that a bunch of the others were killed. Ben tells them to kill Jin to get the others to talk. Bernard tells them that they're going to the radio tower and that Carl told them about when they were coming. In the morning, Ben tells Richard he's going to the radio tower alone to talk them out of leaving. Alex demands to go and he says, okay. <laughs> Elsewhere, Kate tells Sawyer that he's been off for a few episodes and it feels like he's a zombie. She reminds him that Sun is pregnant, but the others thought Kate might be too and he's weird about it. Desmond wakes up after having been knocked out last episode and jumps into the water after being shot at by Mikhail. Des gets down there and Charlie tells him to hide. Sawyer tells Jack that he's going back and when Kate says she'll go too, Sawyer says no. Juliet offers to go because she knows where there are some guns. Jack isn't into it, but she says goodbye by kissing him. Ooh. <laughs> Charlie's being annoying, so Bonnie almost kills him, but then Mikhail shows up and says that there's another person there. He talks to Ben on the radio. He's upset that he was lied to. Ben talks him out of being angry and asks him to kill Charlie, Bonnie, and Greta to keep the jamming on. Jack tells Kate not to blame Sawyer because he was just trying to protect her. She asks why he's telling her that and he says it's because he loves her. Ooh. Oh my god. Juliet and Sawyer joke while walking to the beach. She confesses that there are no guns and she lied so they could go. Hurley catches up with them, but Sawyer once again says Hurley can't come because he's too big and it sucks. Yikes. Ben tells Alex that she's being given away to the survivors because she betrayed him and that's her new group. Lastly, Locke wakes up in the mass grave and finds a gun. He almost shoots himself in the head when Walt appears and tells him to get up because he has work to do. Not just Walt. Taller ghost Walt. Taller ghost Walt. <laughs> like, I, right. don't, I, I don't... Un- I don't... I... I know why it is tall ghost Walt because you know Malcolm David Kelly grew up. Yes. <laughs> He's a growing boy. But no, we can talk about that more when we get there. <laughs> I know that I have talked about this before on this podcast, but Malcolm David Kelly like periodically DMs me on Twitter to to ask me to buy his merch. <laughs> and <laughs> and maybe I would, Malcolm, but it's all ugly. That's devastating. And also not at all a good marketing tactic. It's not a good look. That's not effective. I, like, I'm just like, hey, um, I really enjoy your music. Uh, like, I genuinely do. And uh, I think your band is very good. And he's like, thanks. Oh, you know, I remember I, uh, I saw him live once. Oh, really? Before I had started watching Lost, like way before him and his band whatever mkto they opened for probably demi lovato because i feel like the only concerts i've been to are demi lovato concerts yeah they were awesome they were they were they were great they've got some real bops yeah i've got a lot of songs out there saved good good stuff but yeah, I, I mean, I had no idea who he was because I did not watch Lost. Yeah. So let's get started here. Everyone's ready to leave. Jack looks at Kate. Kate looks at Sawyer. Jack is like, whatever. And he goes <laughs> over to Saeed. And he's like, okay, are you ready? Do you have everything? And it's like, no, but I'm trying my best. 
So they look over at Jin and Bernard, and Saeed says they're both very good shots, and they're both highly motivated, which basically means they want their spouses to be safe. They want their spouses to be rescued. Mm -hmm. The dynamite's good to go. We won't miss. And I'm like, right, Saeed, you won't. Right. These other jabronis, and who knows? And then it it occurred to me as I was watching everybody leave and Sawyer's like following behind. And I just thought it was so funny that Sawyer didn't even volunteer. Yeah, no. Sawyer, who also knows how to use a gun, like was like, nah, I'm good. He didn't even try. Yeah, that kind of, that crossed my mind while they were walking away too. And I'm like, Sawyer, why, why couldn't you shoot? Yeah, I guess he was like, meh, you'd probably find someone better. Who knows? Like, and again, Jin was, Jin was kind of set up to fail. Like he did not have the... He had a handgun, and he exactly. I noticed that too. Did his damn best. He yeah, like he was charging out of cover to make that final shot when they got him, and it's like ten out of ten, no notes. Jin did everything he could. Yeah, for sure. So Said says, no matter what happens, just please keep moving. Don't turn back. I am willing to die for everyone else to be rescued, but I don't want to die for nothing. So you better make it happen. And Jack's like, okay. I love that. He like I think that yeah. just speaks so much to how like intelligent and brave he is because he's like i'm not willing to die for nonsense but i'm willing to die for you to actually get these people home you know yeah yeah so jack agrees and they say good luck to each other uh then we move over to rose and bernard and bernard's like i think this is a bad idea i think sawyer should have done it (laughs) oh my god I love Rose and Bernard. They're the best. So she she throws it back to the last time we saw them since literally last episode and said, if I helped you with your SOS sign, would you do this? And he says, no. That is crazy. I cannot believe that is the last time we saw them. I know. That's wild. Same. Their niche, like they got their full episode and mm-hmm. there's not a ton to them. Like, I feel like if you got too much of them, they grow old on you. Like they get mm. too sweet. That's true. I, I think I think the way that lost or i think the method for how lost makes you care about every single character is like not feeding into like i don't know i started something and then i lost my train of thought forget it it's fine (laughs) no i know what you mean though it's like you kind of just drop them in for like moments of sweetness and um otherwise like i'm i'm not oh you're trying to get a cavity yeah Yeah. it's like it's like moments of of, a cavity from the dentist Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, if you got a cavity, like, at least Bernard Mm -hmm. would be able to help you out. It's like... They, they drop them in for moments of, like, humanization, you know? Yeah. Because, like, sometimes you make it, like, swamped in, like, Jack's issues and Kate's issues. And, like, they throw in these exterior characters. And it's like, oh, these people have lives outside of you and you're not actually the main character. So Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like, they become, like, the king and queen of the background survivors for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think that, like, they need to remind you of all the people that you're trying to save with this plan, right? Because, like, obviously I want... Claire and Aaron to be good and everything but I'm also looking at like Kate and like Sawyer and it's like yeah I guess I want Kate and Sawyer to be to be rescued sure or whatever but then you're reminded of Bernard and Rose and you're like oh there are people that we're actually working towards like who I actually very much care that they are well Nikki and Paolo they deserve to go home (laughs) (laughs) so um Bernard has to say I am a dentist I am not Rambo and I love that she says say it again as if it's like he's like I have said this five plus times already today (laughs) um and it's obviously a reference to the action films starring Sylvester Stallone. Didn't he have some kind of military background or military training or something? Bernard? Yeah. Um, He says that he uh, goes hunting in Montgomery County. Okay. I love that you remember the county because I... <laughs> well, Sam used to live there. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, we, we literally talked about that last episode, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. 
I have the memory of a goldfish. Let me see if it says anything about Bernard. And there was definitely something about, and I and I immediately asked about the pheasant hunting in Montgomery County. I DM'd Sam right away and it was like, oh, is that where Dick Cheney shot his friend in the face? Oh my God. <laughs> so what we have is um, that he, we know he's a dentist and no spoilers, but sometime in season four, it's revealed that he also knows Morse code. Okay. Yeah. For some reason. Um, but it doesn't say how he, how he learned Morse code. He could just be a nerd. Could just be a nerd. That's probably it. <laughs> Which contributes to the I am not Rambo. Cause it sounds mm-hmm. like if he just took up shooting and he took up Morse code and survivalist stuff that's the kind of thing where rose would say you're you're starting to be like rambo you know that you know you're dentists right (laughs) right so we move away from them and we sort of have this really quick shot where we see where we're looking at carl and then we pan over to Rousseau, and i was like does she know that he dates her daughter (laughs) does she know (laughs) probably not but then we see Rousseau watching hurley hold aaron hurley tells claire that charlie will be fine Jin tells son to stay near jack and rest if she has to because she's pregnant obviously and son is also upset just like rose the fact that they're having to split up um and i just wanted to say that yunjin is so good i forget that they're not actually married Mm. so good yeah no i just think she's so good they have so much chemistry and so then Jin says we have to go home in english and you're like wow romance yeah and dan does so good because dan speaks english and he's like no i'm an actor and i act like i don't know english and he does such a good job yes i love the moments where like now where Jin will speak in english to son not because like they should be speaking like i like that it shows that he's trying to learn like what his wife learned and like what she learned yeah and like is like showing that he's trying yeah and like what she learned as a result of like being afraid of him like Mm -hmm. he's like you did that and now i'm going to try and i don't know does that make sense no no i completely understand yes Uh, yeah for sure um and i also wanted to say that i'm so bad at words good thing (laughs) this is an audio podcast (laughs) i love the nuance of of dan's work as well too is that like him as a person who fully understands english being able to very slowly just up Jin's vocabulary in a really masterful way is really cool yeah it's so but is that him or is that the writers uh it could be part i mean either way he's acting like it and he's doing a good job so juliet watches sun and Jin, and she can probably tell that Jin doesn't know that sun's meant to die from this and it's probably quite clear that sun did not tell him that and why would you yeah completely but Rousseau leads like the entire camp and i just know that everyone's backs hurt so bad they must by the end of this trip they're all bringing so much stuff with them and like i you know i look at naomi and it's nice because she just like has a backpack and so that's not too bad or whatever but like just walking my dog in my arms to the to the vet hurts my back so bad and i can't imagine claire carrying that baby the entire time days your time i think you just need to do more sit-ups robin (laughs) oh okay thanks dave (laughs) yeah that's the solution i'll write that one down dave thanks muscle strengthening (laughs) yeah of course make a note you are 27 I know, and I feel decrepit. Oh, <laughs> devastating. So then we get to hear the Trek song, of course, which is called Hollywood and Vines, and it's my favorite, so I'm excited about that. And um, the other three just stand back ominously. Yeah, I like Hollywood and Vines. It's got this, I don't know, it's got this 
Fellowship of the Ring vibe to it. Like they're trying to, mm. it, it's travel music. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're trekking and on Lostpedia it said, when the Losties leave the beach to head for the radio tower, they start walking with the sea on their right side and then later they're walking with the sea on their left side and that's considered a blooper because they're going in opposite directions. <laughs> That's funny. There's, there's gotta be ways that that is not a blooper. I don't know. Like, there's tons of places where you can have turnbacks on the coast, and like that can't be a. There, there's gotta be perfectly reasonable ways that that works out because. I mean, it's a magic island. Yeah, exactly. And it's islands and water and all of that stuff. Maybe there's a shallow they had to cross and they needed to do something. It's an island the size of friggin' Texas at this point. Yeah. <laughs> At least. Yeah, and so, um, the, you know, they're walking across and, like, the water is coming through their legs and stuff. And poor Vincent is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I cannot get that image out of my head. That poor dog. Just pulling and pulling and pulling. And, and uh, Hurley's like, I'm just walking this dog. I mean, Nothing to see here. Like, would it have been... Hurley's doing a good job. Yeah. Would it have been weird if we saw, like, the whole camp walking and, like, we just didn't see Vincent? Yeah. It would have been super weird, but I would have suspended disbelief if it had meant that that poor little dog did not have to walk across those rocks if she didn't (laughs) want to. Madison's like, I'm being tortured. Like, she is so... She's trying to get as far away from the water as possible. That poor dog. I cannot stop thinking about it. Yeah. Do Goldens have a thing about water? I don't know. I feel like they love water, except apparently... Well, whoa! And there's, there's the whole... Seen in uh, season one where she straight up swims after Wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I don't know if she doesn't like water, but she definitely does not like those rocks. That's for sure. She's like, I like jumping into the water. I don't like when the water's jumping at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's fair. Because I, I had a golden doodle, but, like, if, in that situation, she would have just ran into the water because she loved water so much. Yeah. But that could have been the poodle, not the golden. Mm, true. That's true. That's true. So Naomi approaches Jack and is like, hey, what did you do for a living before you became Moses? <laughs> Naomi's got some jokes. She's got some jokes. And I mean, she's right. He's right at the front. The shots that they use are very like Ten Commandments mm-hmm. shots of group. Now, there's only so many ways that you can make do group trekking shots, I'm sure. Yeah. But if they feel really Ten Commandments or like maybe gone. Gandhi has shots like that. I've never seen Gandhi. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, if they're talking about Moses, I'm sure that they were doing that on purpose. Especially with all the water. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I was a doctor. And she's like, okay, well, I need to talk to you. So why uh, why did you ask if you just didn't, with just for the joke, I guess? <laughs> yes, so. So she asks if she can speak freely in front of Juliet. And he's like, uh, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I was just asking because no one else trusts her. And Juliet's like, it's fine. And she leaves. And Jack's like, no, no, no. And she's like, no, I'm gonna go. She's honestly much chiller about this than I would be. Like every single person I talk to is like, can you go? I would feel like so, like crap. I would feel so sad. (laughs) Yeah. But Juliet's just like, it's okay. And she like walks away. So chill. So Naomi shows him how to use the phone in case something bad happens to her. Turn it on, open a channel to the freighter, wait for the beep, say hello. Once Charlie turns off the jammer, the red light will turn green, which should be any moment now. And she calls him the rock star because she doesn't know everybody's names. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that since the moment she met him, she's called Mm -hmm. him a rock star. That's what he deserves. 
Well, ever since they had that conversation last episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Not since they met. I'm dumb. <laughs> now, not in episode two, spoiler, really, but when... Wouldn't matter if it was. Does this come back? Like, do we see them needing to know how to operate it? Um, Yes, because uh, Naomi gets um, knifed in the back by Locke, yes. and then Jack's the one who has to answer the call. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I watched both, but I just rewatched this one yesterday yeah to get mm-hmm. to make sure that i had them separate in my mind right um so down underneath uh charlie's all tied up and uh on last pedia it was pointed out that the mission that charlie goes on to stop the jamming device was partly inspired by han solo's mission on endor during return of the jedi really wait really Hold on. charlie's mission was- i haven't seen the film you guys are gonna have to comment charlie- that has mm, no that's a stretch that, has, that is a hell of a stretch that's a stretch like it's not a suicide mission well that's why it's inspired it's not a suicide mission uh he's not going out to try to save someone no he's doing it because he's just chaotic (laughs) yeah and like he goes on it like it's gonna be a suicide mission because what is it it's getting cold and stuff yes but but still no like eh, that's a stretch it is all right so you know he's getting like slapped around by bonnie so bonnie is very clearly bad cop and she continues to be bad cop and greta is uh is good cop which i think is funny because lana paria has such a villain face oh yeah yeah she does so it's so funny that lana paria is the one that's just like hey stop hitting him (laughs) (laughs) and like this blonde woman is like i want it to hurt when he dies and i'm like jesus she's got a perfect villain face because mm-hmm. and she shows and she was cast perfectly for it in uh once upon a time mm-hmm. exactly however i think that she's doing a really good job of just being the good cop and just sort of you know not being the more important of the duo um but doing her job well of being like just sort of the curious and confused one rather than the angry one yeah no she was definitely take she was definitely she definitely knew her role she wasn't going out of her way to be difficult or anything like that like she mm-hmm. wasn't there to upstage she knew what her role is the character the character character knew yeah. what she was doing and she that's all she did thank you i'm here yeah. so they say if you tell us how we how you got here we won't hurt you and that makes sense to me because i guess how he got here would be a huge question you know if they've been down here for years by themselves that would be a massive question if nobody had ever shown up except for this guy yeah right um and so he's like i came in my invisible submarine <laughs> But isn't there a cable, like, you could swim down that cable if you really wanted to, if you were being really curious? Yeah, and Desmond does. Exactly. So, it's just, it really was just a matter of time before someone showed up. Yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. (laughs) But then, of course, they hit him because he was uh, smartass. And so, you know, then Greta is like, whoa, take it easy. Like, stop. Don't, don't hit him so much. And Bonnie's like, no, he's one of them. And of course, I love the parallel of using that phrase because every time they say one of them, one of us, it's always important. Mm -hmm. I really think it's weird that you cast one of them as Greta and one of them as Bonnie, but the one that looks looks more like a Greta is Bonnie. Yes. Like that. Yeah, I agree. To be honest, like, I didn't even pay attention to who was who. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It, so be- is Greta the blonde? You'd think so, but oh, no. She's not. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. so that, yeah. I fully did not, yeah. <laughs> did not catch that. So they're like, how do you know about this station? And Charlie just comes right out and says it and says, hey, Juliet told us. So they're like, oh my God, okay. So we have to go call Ben. So they know who Juliet is. And they go into the comms room and Charlie remembers where the light is, which is where they just went into and knows that that's his goal. Yeah, it's so, it's like he sees it and it's like, it's not only is that his goal, but like, he's like, oh, that's where I'm going to die. Yeah, Like that's exactly. Ooh, chills. Like, I- 
and how did these two get picked for down here? Like, I don't think we ever get an explanation. It's just, oh, these are the two that are down here. Yeah, the only explanation we get as to where they were supposed to be is what Mikhail says to them later when he shows up. Like, does anybody ship them? Ship the two women? Probably. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, what else are they going to do then? I'll take one for the team. Sure. What else are they going to do down there but each other? Yeah, what's their, like, beautiful <laughs> um, domestic life that they live, you know? There are worse ways to live. Yeah. So it's nighttime now, um, and Ben is journaling, and you're like, oh my god, what are you writing? So, of course, I had to look this up. There is a Lostpedia article about this journal. There are only six pages written in the journal, um, but we only see this, the fifth and sixth pages on screen. But the other four pages are written out on the Lost page because the person who won this prop in an auction shared what it said inside of the, the journal. Oh my god. And it's pretty interesting. Was it a cancer gets lost auction? It, it didn't look like it was. Um, it looked like it was I don't know, something that came before that, I think, or something like that. But it's pretty interesting. So if you want to check out what that says, go and check it out. I think it's just under Ben's journal. Uh, but I'll just read out the two pages that we see in the episode. So this is the fifth and sixth pages. So we're in the middle of a thought. The time is no doubt approaching when we will have to embark on a wholesale reevaluation of the facilities and uses of our island infrastructure. This was going to have to happen at any rate, although Jay, by his very nature, does not give it much thought. But recent changes and interruptions have completely changed our resupply model. Model, and I believe that some of those are old self-sustainment plans. Who last checked the archives? Where have we stored them? I don't even remember. May have to be looked at and probably very seriously looked at. I'm really proud of fans who become custodians of really these artifacts of the fandom. Star Trek has a mm -hmm. bunch of these too. Yeah. Who, like, I love it, I have it, it's important to me that I that it belongs to me, but I want to make sure that I'm sharing it with the fandom because yeah. it's not just mine, it belongs to the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the sixth page says, an important meeting tonight with R&M regarding the developing situation. We are now in day three of our exodus from the village, and I am, I fear, at the limit of my tactical resources. Jay's agenda, which I do not question, is however a narrow and difficult one, and I could well wish we'd had time to prepare, not merely for the military strike, but for a prolonged campaign in the bush. We are short on provisions, seasonal, and more importantly, the long-awaited resupply of camp gear have been missed, and so narrowly. And just as our water supply routes have been cut off, we look like a very sad sort of antique army. Morale, I have to say, is not as low as the circumstances might warrant. Yet for all that, I feel apprehensive about the, and that's what he's writing when we see him in the scene who is he so, writing this for it's just a journal as far as i as far as i understand just for himself like dear diary yeah, yeah dear diary he's got the ego to think that he's gonna be the next samuel peeps yeah <laughs> yeah for real so the j is almost certainly jacob and the r and the m are likely richard and mikhail okay mm -hmm. although ben labeled his entry as being written on september 12th the date was actually december 20th um because oceana gate 15 didn't even crash until september 22nd oh my god dumbass According to the season three DVD commentary for the man behind the curtain, the content of the diary pages was written by Michael Emerson. Oh, cool. Initially without being approved by Damon or Carlton, but once they read it, they agreed that it was fully in character and they retroactively approved it. I love that. That's the kind of retcon I can get behind. Yeah. So Ben gets a call from Bonnie and he just like walks out of his tent to have this conversation. And I'm just like, if you wanted it to stay a secret, why did you leave your tent? Right. And if you were going to leave your tent, why didn't you walk farther away from it? Now everybody else is like, cool, so you've lied to us more. He's he's 
a good tactical thinker, but he is not... I, I feel like sometimes he's just not as good on his feet when he's mm. frazzled by something. Right. Yeah. If he has a lot of time to think about it, he's good to go. Oh, yeah. But not as good at improvising. Yeah, he's always expecting to to know what's coming next. So when something throws him off, it really throws him off. Yeah. So Mikhail and Richard are playing chess and that makes sense because Mikhail has played a lot of chess. He had um, his like little chess computer game in his house. He plays lots of chess. Was that the flame? Yeah, the flame, yes. Okay. Um, which went up in flames <laughs> earlier this uh... week. So Ben's like, uh, hey, what the heck? You're supposed to be a secret. Why are you breaking radio silence? And this is uh, where I ask about how Bonnie and Greta live down there. How do they get their food? Like, they can't get drops from Dharma. So how do they get food? They what do they do? eat fish. How- also, where's their house? Where are their beds? I'm just interested in Bonnie and Greta's life. Like, I, n- I would imagine that they would be set up to get drops. Because yeah. it, it... Well, th- somehow, but I just wonder how. Because if it's Dharma doing drops and dharma set up these places set up the stations they know there's an underwater station why wouldn't there be something that they'd be able to drop and then you just go out in a suit and haul it in yeah that's fair yeah like if it's neutrally if it's neutrally buoyant yeah it's it shouldn't be an issue yeah maybe they just scuba that sounds good actually basically i'm just thinking about if they had like a little fish if they you know they look at fish out their window all day and then they have a little goldfish in a bowl and you know then they die today and um and then their little fish uh, just never sees his mummies again. That's oh sad. Oh my god. <laughs> you know? That, that made wondered. me sad. And I... Uh, what did their lives look like? I'm sure it was wonderful. It, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. You've got all of the water. It, it's not quite as gorgeous as I love Ben's camp tent before we get too far yeah. away from that. I absolutely love it. It's got, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes to it. Yeah. So they basically say, hey, Ben, so one of them is, like, down here? And he's like, um, what? That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, he just, like, swam down here? Uh, well, which one is it? Uh, he won't say. Oh, now I'll say, hi, it's me, Charlie. Can you tell him hi? I love that. Yeah. It's Charlie. <laughs> it's just- so how did he even know about this place? Juliet. So he's like, ugh, okay, Mikhail, can you go down and, and figure it out? And Mikhail's like, hey, uh, you said that station was flooded and inoperable which is exactly what Juliet said earlier or like last episode so that's something that he basically told everybody and he's like oh okay well I lied and I'm mad that you found out can you just go how did they know about this place and Mikhail's like fine I can be there by dawn but what else has Juliet told them and Ben hadn't thought about that yet so he was like oh crap I better call Price like I'm still I'm still angry at the how did they know where it is there's a giant cable that runs all the way to the to the shore. Yeah, we've seen the cable a couple of times and nobody has put that together yet until they learned that the station existed, though. It runs offshore and you've got what else to do? Like, Yeah, that's fair. In reality, you're not working eight hours a day to keep yourself alive on that island. You're doing maybe two, three hours of work a day tops and then you've got all of this other stuff to do. I mean, if you don't have a boat, then it's really hard to get out there because I think they rowed for quite a while. I thought- But then when we see Mikhail shooting at Desmond, it's not that far. Like, I thought that was just to get them out there faster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was farther away. But, like, right. if you had somebody with goggles, or even, hell, you make, you, you do some kind of makeshift goggle thing. Yeah. You could follow that out there if you really wanted. Yeah. So, Ben, okay, so Ben has to call Price. However, Price is already at the camp, so their walkies are off. And honestly, if Ben wasn't trying to tell him that it was a trap, this would be a very, very smart move. Mm-hmm. You don't want your whole operation to be ruined because you're walkie goes off so it makes total sense that he would have done that but not great for this particular (laughs) instance 
I mean, it's the right it's the right thing to do operationally. Yes, exactly. Like clearly he's done this a couple of times. So three of the tents are marked with white coral and they're like, Yay, Juliet did her job. Yay, we trust Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> and um okay, I have a question. Why is Friendly here? He's such a bozo. No idea. Because there's some Get him out of here. To put someone there that we recognize when they kill yeah, that's true. when they kill off uh the one who's in charge. Yeah, that's yes. that's literally it. And I guess he's the number one steel people guy. <laughs> As seen at the end of season one, so... Yeah, he he do be a pro at that. Yeah. So they approach the tents, and Saeed, Bernard, and Jin are waiting. They notice that the tents are empty, so they're like, oh my god, get out of there! Saeed fires, and it works. And Bernard does too, but Jin tries twice, and misses. And I said in the spoiler section of last episode that I really liked that it was Jin that messed up and not Bernard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like it would have been so easy to make it like the old guy yeah, who we weren't sure would do a good job anyway, but they made it someone who's already proven their worth, you know? Yeah. And on top of it, they fig- they picked someone, like they set him up to fail, they gave him a reasonable reason to fail without yes. being incompetent, like he had he had the worst gun, he had he, he was not set up with a rifle like the, mm-hmm. the others were, so yeah, absolutely, like he has every reason yeah. to fail, and he has no reason to feel bad about, about not doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they gave him a reason, and it's like, if you're not, it's still even okay if you don't even notice the fact that he's got a worse gun. You know, everyone else has aiming scopes and Jin just has Carl's normal pistol and I'm just not even sure why Saeed didn't get the hardest gun. Oh yeah. You know like why did they give Jin that one? I feel like Jin was probably more familiar with with handguns than rifles. Right and Bernard uses a hunting rifle so Bernard definitely was going to get the rifle going to get one of the rifles. Yeah and because Jin in his employment wouldn't be using rifles he'd be using handguns. Yeah he did he was in the military though. Oh yeah. So, I'm not sure, but... But again, I think he was prob- probably would have been more familiar with it because he because in his line of work for Son's dad. Yes. Like, he would be yeah. using that more often. Yeah. And so the others know where they are now, and, you know, they get taken out by, uh, by Price. Bernard and Saeed have to surrender to save Jin. And Saeed considers shooting Price because he has Rousseau's gun and he can... But then he gets threatened by another guy and has to stop. Uh, Far away, the group watches for the explosions and Rose points out that there were only two and Kate's like, oh my God, it didn't work. And I'm like, well, don't, don't go that far. Like, no, it didn't. But you killed a bunch of them. I have, um, spoiler thoughts on that. Okay. Well. Write them down. I don't want you to forget. Yeah. Okay. So Sun says, hey, why were there only two explosions? And Jack's like, maybe it went so well that they didn't need to do the third one. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, Jack. I mean, really. True. Good job bestie so they're like okay but they heard we heard like a lot of gunshots that doesn't really seem like that that's true and jack's like oh it's fine it's fine and son's like do you really believe that he's so terrible he's like oh they they didn't know it was a trap they'll be safe they're with saeed they'll be right behind us and son's like well why don't we wait for them like you guys keep going and we'll wait for them jack says no we're not splitting up and rose threatens to punch jack in the face and rightly so iconic absolutely iconic i love it so much tag yourself i'm rose I love it so much. And Jack's like, all right, fair. <laughs> yeah. Why were there only two explosions? Maybe they didn't have to blow the third tent. But those gunshots, what was He's that He's okay, about? Rose. Do you believe that? Listen, they had no idea that we were waiting for them. And Saeed's with your husbands. They're going to be fine, and they're going to be a couple hours behind us. Then we should wait for them here. You go no. on. I... No one gets left behind. If you say live together, die alone to me, Jack, I'm going to punch you in your face. Fair enough, Rose. Fair enough. 
But we have a plan. And for all we know, it worked. It's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be all right. Let's just keep moving, okay? Um, but the plan worked. I'm sure everything will be fine. Everything's going to be great. And so Sun comforts Rose and, and they go and, and head out. I love these moments between Sun and Rose throughout the entire finale. But I'm also like, can somebody please give some nice hugs to Claire? Yeah, right? What about Claire? Yeah. Claire also needs hugs. Although Claire thinks that Charlie's mission is less dangerous and less risky than the other one. Although he's the one that ends up not coming back from it, you know? Right. And everyone else comes back from theirs. Whoops. So Naomi notices that the phone is still red and we have a transition from the blinking red light on her phone to the blinking yellow light in the thing, which is great. And, you know, you notice that every time we transition over to the Charlie storyline, we like stop and talk about how the, the phone still isn't um isn't good to go. And um, I think that was good for the first few times. I think it was slightly overused mm. throughout the finale, to be honest, but only slightly. Wasn't yeah. it a solid red light in the scene where Naomi was telling him? explaining how to use it to Jack? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, back down underwater, Bonnie says, hey, why are you here? And he's like, I'm here to turn off your gym equipment. To be honest. He's very, he's very upfront. <laughs> to be honest, that's what I'm doing. And so Greta says, um, how do you even know about our gym equipment? And he's like, mm, not gonna tell you. And also, you probably wouldn't believe me because it's that my friend knows how to see the future. <laughs> So you'd, you'd probably not believe me. Yeah, don't worry about it. He's like, um, anyway, doesn't matter. I'm going to turn it off. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my because my friend who can see the future said so. Yes, I will. <laughs> okay, what's the code? And Charlie's like, ooh, he does not know the code. Only three people know it, which is them two and Ben. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I won't need it because the station will flood. And so it doesn't matter. I'll just turn it off and my friends will be rescued. And they go, well, what's going to happen to you if the station floods? Uh, I'm going to die. And Greta sort of looks at him like, yo, this guy's weird. So crazy. This guy's insane. And he's acting crazy. Also, is he's just like, yeah, he's so erratic. Yeah. And it's also like, he's, he's doing it on purpose, but also like, he knows that this is how this ends. So it doesn't matter that he doesn't know how he's going to get the code. It's just... Mm -hmm. It'll happen, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, this This is the way I'm going out. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. And if there's ever a time to just go nuts, it's when you got nothing left to, nothing left to lose. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Friendly calls Ben and tells him that a bunch of them are dead, including Diane and Ivan. So, Ivan was the other man in Ben's surgery earlier this season. He's like the only other doctor that they have so they are once again screwed for doctors after after ethan died great <laughs> and this is the only episode that we see diane in um she's just the woman who was like juliet marked the tents that that's all that we've oh. ever known about her okay um uh, also all the survivors are gone <laughs> and he's like where i don't know also did you hear me T seven people are dead you don't you don't care about <laughs> your people you only care about the survivors and ben's like Correct. What? This is news? Yeah. So Price says, hey, by the way, there's good news. We have three of them hostage, but they clearly knew that we were coming. Ben says, I already know why Juliet, we already know that it was Juliet who, who did that. And Thomas absolutely flabbergasted by that. Yeah. As if Juliet hasn't been being treated like crap right. for three full years. As if she owes anything to them. Yeah. Friendly's like, what? Juliet betrayed us? What? My friend Juliet? That's so crazy because like she literally never made her self seem like she was with them she yeah. always wanted to leave she always hated them yeah i know exactly 
Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> exactly. So he's like, figure out where they are. And I also noticed that Ben, is, as he's holding this walkie, is his hand is shaking again. And that was pointed out in by Locke in Man Behind the Curtain, where uh, when he's lying or when he's nervous. Like, well, Locke thinks it's because he's lying, but then Ben reveals that it's because he's nervous. His hand shakes. And so... I don't know if that's just Michael Emerson's hand or if that was an acting choice by Michael Emerson. Either way, I like really like that detail where his hand is shaking again. Mm. I would like to think it's an acting choice. Yeah, me too. Well, they wouldn't point it out if it wasn't, right? Yeah. I mean, it was very subtle. So it might have just been like a little Easter egg. I think if Michael Emerson wrote a whole diary for his character, he might. Yeah, true. He, he's responsible for the hand shaking. Right, right. So Price goes to ask Saeed, um, but Saeed said, I'm not going to tell you. And instead spits in his face <laughs> not sure why saeed was your first thought of who to ask but whatever and price calls saeed jr hmm. not um, really sure why that is sure that's such a does. degrading term and it's yeah. like saeed is so much smarter than all of you shut up <laughs> exactly and so saeed hit or no they hit saeed in the head and he sort of i can't remember if he gets knocked out but some i think at some point saeed gets knocked out and that takes out our knockout counter oh no <laughs> Because I think Saeed's like, don't tell him, don't tell him. And then um, and then they knock him out so that he can't stop Bernard from speaking. So yeah, they won't say where they're going. And so Ben says, who is it? It's Dra, Quan, and the dentist. Not Rambo, the dentist. <laughs> and um, I like how he doesn't even get a name. Yeah, he does. they don't even remember his name. They just know what he does. Um, which kind of reminds me of Naomi being like, you know, the rock star. <laughs> yeah. Now, he wasn't on the list of... He wasn't on the list of stuff of... Sorry, he wasn't on the list of people to take for the Tailies, but for the Tailies, yes, that's right. But they identify him as a dentist. Don't you need a dentist sometimes? Right, exactly. They're like, we're our list isn't about who we need; it's about who's good. And I'm like, if and if Bernard isn't good, isn't a good person? Okay, yeah. It's like, and, and I don't, and I have no clue why he's not a good, why he's not good. Yeah, exactly. So Ben says immediately, with absolutely no hesitation, shoot Quan if you want them to talk. Jin's getting axed. And the only reasons why I think that that might be his immediate choice was, first of all, that Said and Bernard both really like Jin. Um, and also, Jin wouldn't be able to spill anyway because he only speaks Korean. Yeah, true. And so Jin says in Korean to Price, go to hell. And Price says, I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it was very nice. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> They're not talking. Who do you have? Gerard, Kwan, and the dentist. Shoot Kwan. What? Want them to answer questions? Kill Quan. Do it now. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's lovely. No, wait, no. No, no talk. No, please. Talk to me. Nobody will get hurt. Now tell me where your people are. Uh, he's lying. He's going to kill us all. Where are they? Sayonara. The radio tower. They're hiking to a radio tower. So Bernard is going to talk and Jin tells him not to. And, you know, Jin was in the military and he understood the risk when he took this job. Um, so Jin doesn't want Bernard to say. And so they say, we promise not to hurt anyone if you tell us. Saeed knows they're lying. They're going to kill us anyway. So they kick Saeed and he gets knocked out because he never speaks again in, in this scene. And uh, if he wasn't knocked out, I think he would have tried to stop Bernard harder. Yeah, that that's a, I think there's a preponderance of the evidence. Yeah. And then in an act of extreme microaggression, that is one of my favorite 
details of this episode, to be honest. Price says to Jin before he's going to kill him, sayonara, which is Japanese. Yeah. Like, and he knows, he well, he knows his last name, but yeah. I don't know if that means anything like if he would know that was a korean last name instead of japanese he definitely doesn't know the difference i guarantee (laughs) so bernard says okay they're going to a radio tower friendly says why bernard says tells him about naomi and they want to call the ship i just wanted to say like we don't blame Jin for messing this this part up i do not blame bernard for this at all no no he's so he's just so compassionate and sam anderson is so good and yeah, I, I just, I can't find any anger in my soul for Bernard for this choice at all. I can't no. blame him. Like, he's... Not at all. He's in, in an impossible position. There's no other choice. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I think, and I think it's all because of Rose too. Like, I think if he mm-hmm. only had himself to care about, he wouldn't have you know, given everything away, but he's thinking about Rose and, you know, when someone's holding a gun to your head and demanding information, you're gonna tell them the information, you know? I think that Bernard was such a good choice for the third person in this trio. Agreed. Because Saeed, I mean, obviously is stone cold and Jin at, you know, when it comes to this sort of thing is also pretty stone cold about it. They needed somebody with compassion. They needed somebody who, who would do that. Yeah. Imagine if this was Sawyer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sawyer would be like, bye Jin. I'll miss you. <laughs> it's, it so easily could have been Saeed and Sawyer. And it's like, yeah, we've seen that trio. Exactly. And- yeah. I just think that this, that having it be Bernard was such a good writing choice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a much better choice than the other way around. Yeah. And Sam Anderson, like I said, is is incredible. You can't knock Sam Anderson. Yeah. So Ben asks how they knew that they were coming tonight because Juliet thought they were coming tomorrow. Well, a kid came to tell us. Who? (laughs) A kid. What kid? Like how many other kids are there going to be? Ghost Walt and... Exactly. Tom's like, oh, what kid? How many other kids are there, Tom? (laughs) There are two kids. (laughs) And it wasn't Alex. You just saw her. He's like, oh, his name's Carl. (laughs) And Tom's like, ah, I should have seen that coming. Duh. So Ben immediately knows that Alex betrayed him in a huge way. And he's like, oh man, not my daughter's deadbeat boyfriend again. (laughs) Oh no. So they're like, all right, do we just kill him? And Ben's like, no, not yet. No, hold on. And why? Like, I don't see a reason why they don't kill him there. And Hmm. it is, and it clearly becomes a mistake. I know. I mean, like, you know, Ben is genuinely thinking, I think, in the second, in, in the second part of the finale, that his plan will work and that Jack will will give up the phone to save Saeed, Jin, and Bernard. And I think that's why they don't kill them is because Ben actually genuinely think that's going to work. I mean, here he says, I'm going to talk him out of it. And he thinks that he can. Yeah. So I think that that was, that was part of his plan was to save, was to do that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously it turns into a huge mistake. I guess... I guess that's a reason that he would have done it. I don't know. Who who am I to question Ben, the almighty? Yeah. (laughs) So in the morning, Ben draws a line from where they are to the radio tower. And Richard's like, okay, so are we all like going there? And Ben's like, no, just me. You take everyone to the temple as planned. This is the first time we're hearing of the temple. Uh, The the temple? Um, But when they said like an old place and everything... Uh, we assumed that it was the temple that they were going to. Why is he drawing a straight line? There is no way on that island <laughs> that a straight line is going to be the best way to get you up that hill. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm just going to try my best to go northeast. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this is my island. I will go where I want, how I want. 
I, yeah, Ben just floats along the breeze. You know, because he's uh, innocent balloon enthusiast Henry Gale. Exactly. Yes. Um, he's like, I'm going to go and grab my hot air balloon and I'm going to fly over to the radio tower. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so Richard's like, hey, um, you probably shouldn't go off on your own right now because people are like really suspicious. You know, we, you know, you made us leave home uh what happened to Locke? all this stuff about jacob everyone thinks that everyone on the beach crew is dead and like you keep lying to us and he's like well not all of the beach crew are dead how how sympathetic by the end of the finale they are mm. <laughs> by the end of the finale all all the beach crew are dead they sure are even friendly even friendly mm-hmm. yeah sawyer shoots friendly yeah oh again like i said i only rewatched this one <laughs> yeah i watched it but that but that was like when when you asked me to do the app like yeah yeah so alex asks where he's going and he's like oh uh, i was thinking i would just go for a walk <laughs> I- i'm just going on a, on a lovely little stroll alex i'm gonna go find jack and his friends and she's like okay well i'm gonna come and he's like okay i'd love to have you what's with what's with love adorable old southern bell ben was he not kind of like that though he was like oh hi alex oh yeah no it- oh, hi. Like it was, it was weird and out of character, but, but you were pulling a solid Lindsey Graham right there. Oh my gosh. And I'll do it. Do I lie? You do not lie. So she says, I'm coming with, and he goes, okay. And she's surprised that he allowed her to do that. And he's like, oh, good idea. Cause you want to see Carl again, right? And she's like, oh no, he knows that I warned Carl. Oh my God. Uh Oh, he figured it out. So Richard goes, dude, there's 40 of them and you're going by yourself. And I mean, 40, if we can call that one of the numbers or. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Maybe there's 42 of them and he just miscounted. I'll let you, I'll let you get away with a lot when it comes to numbers. I'm not giving you 40. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. So he's like, they're going to do anything to leave. Like, what are you going to do to get them to stop? And he says, I'm going to talk them out of it. And honestly, the power of that statement, I believe him. Yeah, fully. Because he believes he can. Yeah. And he's done it before. And he has done it before. Yeah. So the whole group has stopped to collect water. Rose and Sun are obviously still very nervous. And um, Kate comes over to Sawyer, says uh, something is wrong. And Sawyer's like, yeah, lots of stuff is wrong. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Real great, uh, real great observation there. Chill on the existentialism. My God. She's like, well, they should have caught up to us by now. I think we should go back to check on them. And he's like, oh, of course you do. There's always someone to go back for. And she's like, why are you acting like that? And he's like, I'm not. And she's like, tell me what's wrong. And she splashes him with water. And she says, wake up. Ever since you went and hung out with Locke, you've been in a trance. Well, Kate, I know you don't know this, but maybe he killed a man and he's grappling with that. And maybe that man killed his parents. Maybe he's thinking about who he could possibly be after his one life goal is finally accomplished. Yeah, it's... It felt so cringy. Then tell her. Yeah. It's like, come on, like, I... Not to poop on your ship. I... No shade on anybody's ships. You know what, Dave? Poop. Poop on it. It's terrible, this episode. Go ahead and poop. Absolutely. Like, what is going on? Like, if he gives a damn about her, then he should be telling her what's going on. He sure should. Honestly, it doesn't get better from here. No. We've already we've already reached our peak. We've reached peak. The peak skate? The peak was you taste like strawberries. Everything after that. Exactly. Exactly. The peak was you taste like strawberries. (laughs) You're completely correct. That was the peak of our show. 
yes, we have gone downhill from that, and I concede to that. I don't have a problem. You know. Also, doesn't he? Um, isn't he still on nickname Lockout? I don't know. Oh, I think that was only for a week. I don't think he is. I think he's just like in a slump now, and now he's like feels sad and bad and doesn't feel like nicknaming. I guess. Yes. And then it also like it's just it's the fact that you know he killed a man, uh, yeah. coupled with the fact that the writers did not know how to write Kate like ever ever <laughs> ever <laughs> ever one might say but especially in relation to to other characters and it's like in this episode especially she's she comes off as so childish and trivial like come on Sawyer you, be Sawyer you know and it's like she she's a much more complex person than that but they write her to be so one-dimensional and yeah the back half of season three is not great for her yeah not not at all very very sexist uh undertones yeah so she's like okay it's fine if you don't care about our friends but you don't even seem to care about anything and i think that means you don't even seem to care about me mm-hmm. also why are you even calling me kate and so you're just like i don't care and just walks away hey they sent juliet to check son but they also checked me too and he's like okay well let's hope not hope you're not pregnant and Kate seems like kind of hurt by that. But if I was Kate, I'd be like, yeah, same. I also hope I'm not pregnant. Claire seems to be having a hard time. Yeah. But- and Kate also listened to Juliet say, hey, all the pregnant women on the island die. So if someone said, hey, hope you're not pregnant, I'd be like, same. Yeah. Thanks. It's like it reads as such a it's such a compliment complicated comment on Sawyer's part. Because it's like, is he saying, I hope you're not pregnant because all the pregnant women die on this island? Or is he saying it because he's like, I don't want your child. Yeah. We don't really know. And I mean, she doesn't know that he has a baby somewhere else. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I, I mean, I understand why she's upset because it seems like, oh, what? You don't want to co-parent with me? thought you loved me. <laughs> but if I was her, I'd be like, same. Me yeah. either. <laughs> so after having done that and like hurt Kate's feelings or whatever, Sawyer just like looks at Jack like, all right, man, sub in. <laughs> If you want to switch girlfriends again, go on. So Jack asks Naomi if the light's still red and she says yes, which of course transitions us over to that storyline. So Desmond wakes up after fully sleeping out there on that boat all night and Mikhail must be so tired because he was walking all throughout the entire night trying to get there. Exhausted. Oh yeah, but it was definitely Uh. later than dawn. It was not just... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so Desmond looks looks down and is like, ah, crap, I miss Charlie. And he's probably down there and also dead already. But then he gets shot at by Mikhail. So Desmond dives down to escape, but he doesn't have a weight belt. So he uses the cord to get down. Does he also assume that he's going to die down there as well? Because he thinks that Charlie's going to die down there. I don't know. Or maybe he's just going to go down there and like check to make sure that Charlie got it done. I don't think he's even... I think he's going... Oh, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm agreeing. He's not even thinking about that. He is someone shooting at me. I don't want to be right. shooted at. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nowhere else to go but down. So you know what? Gonna go down there. That's where we're going. So Charlie's list from last episode is destroyed, officially. Like, he sees it in his pocket and he puts it back before he got shot at. But then once he started getting shot at, he didn't really have time to think and just jumped in and destroyed the list, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So Bonnie and Greta are arguing inside of the room and Charlie's like, ah, crap, Desmond, hide, hide, hide. The girls come back out and Charlie pretends that he was just singing you all, everybody. (laughs) And so Bonnie comes over and slaps him and tells him to shut up. And he's like, okay, okay, I will shut up. So they go back in and Desmond is hiding in a locker. So it's a good thing. That would have been really bad. The most iconic runner is that we never learn 
any other words to you all, everybody. There are yeah, no other exactly. words. It is this one chorus, and that's it. And that's it, yeah. Because they never got around to actually writing it in... I don't think so. In universe, it exists as a full song, but, like... Right. Yeah, we don't have any other words other than that. Right. So Sawyer goes to Jack and says, hey, I'm going back. And Jack's like, mm, no, we stay together, because it's the good ship joyer. And Jack's like, don't leave me. Yep. <laughs> Don't leave me, bro. And so he's like, well, I'm just, I was telling you, I wasn't asking. You can keep doing your thing, but you don't need me to do it. I'm literally just taking up the rear. So I'm gonna go. So Kate's like, oh, you stole my idea and then came to Jack with it. Cool, cool, cool. I'll go with you. And he's like, uh, no. And she's like, well, that's weird because you didn't want to go 20 minutes ago. And he's like, I want to go just not with you. (laughs) This part is so juvenile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Childish. I just don't want to hang out with you. Okay. So Kate's like, wow. So Jack's like, you're gonna die, you're not even gonna have a gun. And Juliet's like, oh, hi, I know where there are some guns. There's a hidden cache with some on the way to the beach. So Jack's like, Juliet, you don't have to do this. And Juliet's like, yes, I do. Because she's trying to show that she's trustworthy to the other survivors, especially after Naomi was just like, no one trusts her. And she's heard that multiple times. She also, I think, feels responsible that Saeed, Jin, and Bernard are in trouble with her people. Doesn't she... So she kind of wants to go fix it? Like, does she not feel like she's made enough good or helped enough to get this to get some sort of reprieve yet like by this point she's done if i were just say background extra number three i'd be like she she's done plenty like i know she's with them but she's she's helped us a ton yeah i think she's probably like i she probably thinks that she's done enough but clearly it's not enough because people aren't trusting her yet like who who are these people? Uh, Saeed. Mm. Saeed especially. If Saeed doesn't trust you, no one trusts you. Yeah, probably Sawyer yet. Saeed and Sawyer at the same time are definitely just two people who don't trust, like, as a thing. Yes, that's true. I don't think Kate trusts her 100% either. Yeah, again, this 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 relies on the background survivors being like, oh yeah, they, they know what they're doing. And at the same time, I just want more background survivor content. I love the idea that the background survivors all come together and in equal one vote. You know, if all the characters are voting, all of the main characters get one and then all the background survivors get one <laughs> vote. You know what I mean? I want that for them. Like how, like, how do we only get the one vote? You're lucky you get that. You're lucky you even get that, dude. So Sawyer's like, okay, fine, I'll go with Juliet. And Jack's like, don't do anything stupid. And they're like, oh, ditto. And then Juliet kisses Jack and Kate watches sadly. Yikes. And Kate's like, damn it, both my boyfriends are outside of my grasp. (laughs) No. Right now. Jack sees that Kate was watching, which is going to be important for in a few scenes here. But how do you guys feel about Juliet kissing Jack? Not great. (laughs) Not great. I can tell you that much. Bad. (laughs) It feels like a weak payoff to a relationship that the season didn't sell me on. Yeah, I definitely think that Juliet and Jack were compatible in a lot of different ways. I really liked their relationship, but I don't think they had gotten far enough to have kissed yet. Like, and also I wasn't there when it was coming out or anything. I don't, none of us were, unfortunately, but I don't see anyone being like, I'm a hardcore jacket shipper, you know? Jacket. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it's like, nobody was cheering when this happened. No. You know? And I think you can like, look back on the season and think that the writers were very obviously trying to make it a thing. And Mm -hmm. in this moment, they kind of finalized that. But yeah. It just never 
soul because they were intellectually compatible in so many ways, but not emotionally compatible. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, sure, you can have them kiss in this moment, but like, I I still don't believe you, you know? Yeah. So back down underwater, Charlie is humming and Bonnie's like, dude, shut up. And he's like, oh, sorry, I just have a song stuck in my head. Like, I'm literally just like writing a song as if I'm totally going to be able to record it at some point. So she's like, get the spear gun. She wants him to have a painful death. Oh my God, who hurt this woman? Yeah, right? Like, like, are you, what's wrong with you? Like, she's so mean. Odds are. He is not doing anything and he's made his intentions perfectly clear. Like, yeah. don't be so mean. Odds are, Ben. Uh, yeah. Yeah. True. It's like interesting because, uh, you know, Mikhail is like, hey, why? And I think this is in part two, but Mikhail's like, hey, um why are you even down here why are you doing ben's dirty work and she's like because i trust ben and i trust jacob so all righty then but this is smart because it's good to know that there is a spear gun over there Mm. which is gonna come in in part two so bonnie's gonna kill charlie again and greta says no because ben said to hold off until help comes so bonnie's like whatever i'm gonna go get it myself but that's where desmond is so charlie's like no no i'll shut up sorry 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 (laughs) and bonnie's like i threatened him enough and now he's scared of me (laughs) which is not true (laughs) I'm looking for a Bonnie Prince Charlie joke here, and I can't get anything. Right. Well, (laughs) let me know if you figure it out. (gasps) Yeah. So, Mikhail shows up with the diving gear. Where did he get the diving gear? Who's to say? I don't know. Some random cache that the others have somewhere else? Uh, Who knows? So, he's like, oh, I thought you guys were on assignment in Canada. And of course, as we know about this show... Canada's a fake place. If it's about Canada, it's a lie. (laughs) Canada's just not real. That's what they do in this show. Yeah. So, they're like we promise not to tell anybody um mikhail asks where the other one is because i was just shooting at him and they were like uh no he's by himself and he's like are you sure about that well i was sure that there was only the one but now i'm doubting myself thank <laughs> you now i'm not sure <laughs> so charlie calls him cyclops of course and hey uh why did ben tell you guys that this station was flooded like and why are they jamming trans transmissions and mikhail's like huh because mikhail knew that bonnie and greta were down here but he didn't know what this station was even doing and now he's hearing that it's jamming transmissions and mikhail is obviously really upset about that because he was the communication station mm-hmm. so it makes sense to me that mikhail would be upset about that i thought you two were on a assignment in canada he made his promise not to tell anyone hello again where is the other one what? This idiot swam down from a boat. I was just shooting at his friend. He dove down here. He's alone. Are you sure about that? Here's a better question to ask Cyclops. Why did your little friend Ben tell you people that this entire station was flooded when it isn't? Or why these two have been jamming transmissions off the island? What? Is that true? That's Ben. I'll get it. Wasn't he able to get stuff off island like the same he was yeah but i think and i don't know if maybe his stuff wasn't being jammed or something but the fact that he didn't know about it is probably probably would be i understand why he would be mad yeah no that's reasonable so then there's a call from ben so mikhail goes to answer it and ben talks to him and he says hey everything i did was for the island and he's like the island told you to jam your own people and he's like yeah yes yes they did (laughs) yeah you're a loyalist jacob told me to well why would jacob ask you to lie to us and he's like well because and of course we know from man behind the curtain this man's never spoken to jacob in his life indeed this guy's making this crap up 
<gasps> he is. The island is about to be under attack. We have to protect it by any means. And so jamming, the jamming and everything was for security. And he's like, well, why wouldn't you tell me? Like, why didn't you trust me with that information? Because I was the communication guy. And he's like, you're right, Mikhail. I should have told you. My bad. I love that you can see the manipulation. Fully. Like he stops and is like, I'm going to focus on my voice acting for a real quick sec. <laughs> and so Mikhail's like thinking about it and he's like, please help me clean up this mess. Mikhail, kill Charlie, make sure the jamming continues and we can't risk Greta and Bonnie telling people things and knowing the code and being able to turn it off. So you need to kill them too. And Alex is standing there like, huh? Hey, excuse me? My dad is a monster. Hey, fun. Which she already knew about. Last train pulls into the station. <laughs> and so he's like, well, how, how do I know you didn't tell them the same thing about me? And he's like, well, if I had, you'd already be dead. And Mikhail's like, that's fair. Yikes. That's fair. That makes sense. Seeing under Mikhail's eye patch makes him even more menacing. Yeah. I feel like that the... Like, the dead patch of skin actually feels less creepy than, like, if it was... Really? Like... If it was like a scarred dead eye. Oh, maybe that was too much for Disney. Mm. Well, too much for Disney now, but to not yeah, not too much yeah. for Disney and Marvel. Because that's what they ended mm. up doing with. Did Disney own ABC at this time? It was ABC Disney, yeah. Oh. Mm. Like when you went to Hollywood Studios, there was, I remember when. Oh, that's right. That's right. When I went back when Lost was still on, there was a, there was a giant Lost poster. Oh my God. Give me a Lost amusement park. Oh my God. Okay. I need to put a pin in this because I'm already, my brain is already going too fast. <laughs> but I'm like, what are all of the rides called? I, I'll get there eventually. Please. You know? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll think about it. Oh, 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 there's your next Oakley. <laughs> Ooh. <gasps> yes. Your dream theme park. Yeah, have you guys heard the thing where it's like e there's a Taylor Swift theme park, but each part of the park is a different like era? No, but I love this. And I'm like, I want to go there so bad. It's not real. Make it a thing. But it's just a concept, but I want to go so Make bad. it a thing. Yeah. So Jack goes over to Kate, asks if she's okay, and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. There's just a rock in my shoe, but I'm really sad about my boyfriend, to oh be my honest. God. <laughs> and so he's like, well, Sawyer didn't mean it. Well, why did he say it if he didn't mean it? He was trying to protect you. I love Jack helping Sawyer with his game. Love that. <laughs> Try to be nice. And it's the same reason I asked you not to come back for me earlier this season. Why are you sticking up for him? Because he would never, he would never stick up for you like this. And he's like, because I love you. It's honestly what? a really cute, sweet scene. Oh, it's really beautiful. It's a really lovely confession, to be honest. But it also kind of feels like I feel like I had to say it because you saw Juliet kiss me and I didn't want you to think that I wasn't an option anymore. I, it it read like brother sister. Really? Yeah. Like I <sighs> felt no, I felt zero romantic things in that moment. I'm like. She kind of looks at him like, oh, that's nice. Oh, I love just, you too, bro. I I didn't. All I felt was cringe. Mm. I just, it it's so out of left field to me. Yeah. It's like y'all weren't even together the first like half of the season. I don't yeah. know. Yikes. Honestly, the love triangle was weird. Yeah. The, yeah. It, it played poorly. Like, I would rather, like, at, at this point, I would rather watch another George Lucas roman written romance. <laughs> and it's like, it's hard to do a love triangle when, like, you have two of the characters in the same place and another character not in that place. Like, physically. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, you had Kate and Sawyer in the cages and Jack off on his own. Obviously, I'm rooting for 
Kate and Sawyer. And then yeah. they all come together and it's like, okay, now Kate and Jack are like together, but also they had so much time apart and Kate was with Sawyer. And it's like, I just, I, ah, I don't know. I also think that classic love triangles are either like, like I'm with Edward or I'm with Jacob. And what was cool about- Now that's a love triangle. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting about like Kate, Sawyer, and Jack was that at almost no point was Kate ever like, I'm with Jack or I'm with Sawyer. Like, oh, the- okay. Yeah. There was a couple times when Kate was like, I'm with Sawyer. Um, but mostly she just sort of like vacillated between the two a lot that's rather very- than like, you know what I mean? She she has never stopped caring for Jack. That's yeah. Sure. So moving on to a different ship, Juliet and Sawyer are headed into the beach. Nice. And so he's like, hey, I've been meaning to get you alone because I've had some questions about this past month. When we were like breaking rocks and stuff at the beginning of this season, what were we building? And she says you were building a runway, which is true. And we, we, I don't know if we know already that that's true, but it is. Um, It was a runway. And he says, what's the runway for? And she says, um, aliens. And there's my favorite line award. Yeah. Amazing. Wait, it's not? <laughs> for the aliens? Yeah. It's for the aliens. Well, who knows? Maybe. It could be a runway for anybody. Like, at this point at this point in the series, it could be anybody. Right? Yeah, it's true. It's for the aliens. So he's like, what's the runway for? And she's like, for aliens. And then he's like, oh, that's very funny. And she, like, turns back around and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> they don't tell me stuff. I know maybe 50% of what's going on. At all times. Oh, God, I love this conversation. They tell you enough so that you can ruin some plans. Yeah, true. Yeah, this is my favorite Suliette scene. Um, They're not even together yet, but I... This is my favorite one. Yet. Spoiler. Yeah, we talked about it. Everyone knows. <laughs> I love it. There are so many good favorite line award options this episode. There are two even just in this scene. And there are so little next episode. I rewatched the other finale or, or the other half of the finale so that I know fully um what's going on and what I can and can't spoil. And I was like, man, it's so serious in part two that I'm like, oh, what, what the heck am I even going to pick? He doesn't say not Penny's boat. He just writes it. So I don't even know what my favorite line award for next episode is going to be. Just writes it on his hand. Would make a great gif. Would not make great audio. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. So Sawyer says, so how far are we going for the guns? And she's like, oh, there aren't any guns. I lied. Uh, I wanted to go. And um, so I so I lied because otherwise he wasn't going to let us go. So he's like, why are you going back? She says, I'm going back for karma because she feels like it is partially her fault um that they're in trouble i lie why are you going and then sawyer isn't able to answer i lie don't you get it i lie i lie and i lie (laughs) which is just like ben that's who she learned it from Mm -hmm. so hurley followed them and he's like hey i'm coming with and sawyer's like no and he's like please i can help charlie won't let me go with him jack won't even talk to me because he's too busy i want to help somebody and i don't want to walk up this mountain and you know sawyer's like no And like last episode, the only freaking excuse that we could think of is, look at you, you'll just be in the way, you're just going to get us killed, and calls him Hurley and calls Kate, Kate. So maybe you're right, Dave, that he hasn't been doing doing nicknames. And um, so he just like walks away. This sucks. It sucks every time. Yeah. Hey! Hey, guys, wait up! The hell do you want? I'm coming with you guys. Uh Uh-uh. No way, not a chance. Come on, I can help. They're my friends too, man. Charlie wouldn't let me go with him, and Jack's too busy leading to even talk to me. I just want to help, please. For God's sakes, Hugo, look at you. You're just going to get in the way. 
want to get us killed. But, but then they write it so that he saves everyone. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. Don't worry. He's going to save the whole day and he's going to show you all who underestimated him. And so I can almost forgive it. But why does he deserve that win? Because everyone's so mean to him. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't buy it. What do you mean you don't buy it? I, I don't buy that he deserve. I don't buy that he deserves it. I don't buy that he deserves a, a redemption. I don't buy that he deserves. Hurley? Oh, I'm the. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Sawyer. No, never mind. No. I was not thinking about Oh, for a second I was thinking about Sawyer too. I was like, wait. Yeah, I thought we were talking about Sawyer. I see this or do I? <laughs> I thought Dave was talking about how Hurley didn't deserve to save the day and I was like, huh? No, Hurley always deserves to save the day. <laughs> yeah, no, Hurley always does. No, I th- I thought we were talking about so- Okay, okay, I'm glad we got there. I thought we were talking about Sawyer because Sawyer <laughs> No, no, Sawyer doesn't save the day. What does Sawyer do? Sawyer Sawyer does something important. I mean, you know, Sawyer kills friendly mm. okay oh i'm thinking of the season four finale oops never mind <laughs> good thing Thanks. i don't remember it good yeah hurley's the one who you know everyone's mean to hurley everyone underestimates him and then he shows up and says i'm i'm it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm the one who's saving everybody and that's how he saves it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh oh roger it's the best and juliet has no choice but to just follow sawyer and i'm sort of just like she could have said that he could come like if i was juliet i'd be like sawyer don't be an asshole of course hurley can come with us unless she secretly also thinks that hurley would mess everything up so then hurley just looks sad and sadly walks away Uh... and it's like a wide shot where he sadly like hangs his head and walks away and i'm just like everyone sucks i hate this i hate it so much everyone's mean there's no need for this there's a million other ways this could have been done yeah like i almost forgive it because of how they flip it on its head and how like nobody should have underestimated him because he uh, has the best idea and saves everybody but it's also like could we have done it in any other way where everyone just said uh no you can't come because you're fat everybody hates hugo i hate this terrible yep worst show ever just just cancel it let's go (laughs) (laughs) worst show ever they could have done this so many other ways, though. Yeah, you're right. Let's let's stop talking about it until we figure it out. Mm-hmm. So Ben is looking at his map and he says that they should be able to meet up with them before they get to the tower. And Alex says, hey, by the way, why did you let me come? And he says, because I'm delivering you to them. You betrayed me and now you get to be one of them. So it's finally the last straw. You're out. And she, in a completely valid moment, says, dude, you kept doing really bad things to Carl. Like, do you seriously blame me for, for wanting to betray you like that you you're kind of (laughs) crappy and so ben says i didn't want him to get you pregnant and i guess i overreacted oh my god that line's iconic (laughs) i guess i know it's iconic (laughs) i guess i overreacted (laughs) i know and it's like i mean it would be really bad i mean we've talked previously about about if abortions are even possible on the island ah abortion um and it's like if you get pregnant is that your is that the end all be all of your life i'm sorry did you just wistfully say abortion (laughs) wistfully i I don't know if i'd use the word wistfully i I suppose oh you're talking about casey (laughs) yeah Uh, i was like i don't think i used it wistfully i i would say maybe i did oh abortion what a what a concept in this country right Mm -hmm. now anyway yeah. yeah yeah we are recording this uh after the not long after the uh, uh maybe three days early may three or four days mm-hmm. after yeah. the yeah. leaked uh supreme court drafted opinion anyway it's fine everything's fine maybe it's <sighs> not don't get me started i'm a lawyer i <laughs> it, i it's it screwed up and i know how it's screwed up i wish the lawyers i was around all day were you dave because the lawyers i'm around whew, 
Whew. I need a better paralegal. They got opinions on this, and I'm like, yeah. you should not have an opinion on this. But anyway. Anyway. I guess I'm just, like, wondering if... Because obviously he did overreact. He went way too far. Oh, yeah. You can't you can't just, mind, like, brainwash someone. Yeah. But I also understand when pregnant women are dying all over the place, being yeah, it, afraid and that being, like, one of your biggest fears. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the things. Like, as the father of a daughter, I, it, it would be something I would be, I would be afraid of. Mm-hmm. And something that, thank God, I don't need to deal with in reality. But if this wasn't reality... I see where he's coming from. I'm not going to say that he's justified, but I see where he's coming from and how that situation could lead you to make the choices he made. Oh, right. I mean, the the logical side is there, but the practical side of, you know, locking the kid in a room and brainwashing him into believing in the cult of Jacob. Ah. <laughs> I guess it's like, I just think that this is maybe something that we should have been honest about before now. No. Like, maybe, we, maybe you should have said, hey, this is my fear and this is why I'm worried about it before all of the, like, torture. Like, and how does he not, honestly? Yeah. Like, how does she not at least suspect that? that mm-hmm. and do do condoms not work on the island uh, who knows i guess not also like i just i don't i also don't think that he has alex's best interest at heart in this moment i think yeah. he just has his own like selfish controlling domineering desires like yeah acting on this. and maybe maybe i'm wrong and somebody who's like a ben stan if you guys want to like call in and or send us an email or something about this <laughs> call in feel free to do so send a voice chat but i think that <laughs> ben clearly loves alex but i think that he loves alex in the way that somebody loves a pet rather than how you love a daughter i think he loves alex in the way that he wants her to be happy but not at the expense of his own happiness yeah no he loves her out of out of possession he loves having something that's his if he loved her in the way that you love a child he would want her happiness over top of his happiness and i just don't think he does yeah no not at all i'm not saying he doesn't love alex he very clearly does yeah no and i and i see that but you i think your approach to it is entirely correct like he he loves her for a given value of love yeah I think Tanya Raymond is amazing. I think she's so good. She's so good. I like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a hot take, but I don't think Ben, I don't think he loves Alex. I think he Mm. loves possessing Alex. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Spoiler thoughts. Yes, completely. I think we're all having spoiler thoughts. No, Um, I'm not, but. Okay. (laughs) So Alex is like, okay, okay. Why do you even have to stop them? Why are we doing this? Why don't you just let them leave? I love, I love her in this moment. And he's like, because I can't. And he gives no other explanation. And if he is, and if it is not love, if it's not parental love, if it is that possession, and he has the wherewithal to understand that he has that limitation, that's more, that's more self-insight than we've ever seen from Ben. Good for him. Yeah. Not to say that Ben has no self-insight, but Ben has no self-insight. <laughs> Poor insight, fair judgment. Lastly, uh, in this storyline, we get, um, of course, an iconic eye shot of Locke's eye, and he's still sitting in that in that grave. He passed out, and I guess comes to, opens his eyes. After Man Behind the Curtain, audiences were led to believe that Locke was just dead. Reasonably so. Which is crazy. He finds a gun on one of the bodies, and it has bullets in it, so he's going to shoot himself in the head, and I can't blame him. I mean, if he doesn't think that he can move and get 
out, he just like dies of exposure slash starvation down there. So just among all these bodies. At the same time, it is the first day he just woke up 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that's fair. 20 seconds ago. Like... There was this one body that we saw in this grave in Man Behind the Curtain that had a hole in their head. And we were like, that doesn't make sense because they died from asphyxiation via this gas or whatever. But I'm wondering if maybe this is an explanation for that one for that one body. But then why did they throw him away? Why did they throw him into the pit with the gun that shot him? Yeah. Well, no, I'm wondering if maybe like uh, he just hadn't died and then found the gun and killed himself like Locke is going to. Again. Mm. Why is there a gun in here? I mean, I'm just trying to make it make sense because that one certainly just straight up didn't make sense <laughs> in that episode. Yeah, well, I can't talk. Walking back canon stuff to help it make sense. Like, Star Trek invented that, so I can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then Locke starts to hear some whispers. And on Lostpedia, um, it said, the two or three female whispers that Locke hears as he's about to shoot himself and seconds before Walt appears to him are very unclear. Although the most agreed upon interpretations are, help me, Naomi, I don't know that name and I have hell to pay. Oh my God. So, and that's, you know, when they go into the whispers, they like take, there are things in like the middle channel, the left channel and the right channel and the people who figure out what the whispers say uh, isolate those channels and are able to figure it out. I simply don't know how to do that and I'm impressed and I'll take your word for it. That's crazy. It is super cool. Yeah, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear the whisper transcripts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Locke's gonna do it and then it's like, hey, uh, don't do that. And it's Walt, who of course was shot at an upward angle because he is extremely <laughs> tall <laughs> and uh, and his voice is lower too which is partially why they had to get rid of Walt even though he was such a compelling character. Yeah, it sucked. It really did. Because this is only supposed to take place after over three months and you are growing very significantly, sir. <laughs> so this is Ghost Walt and we've seen Ghost Walt before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so what are we led to believe? Are we led to believe that this should just be Baby Walt and we just have grown up Malcolm or is this grown up yes I think that I think that or or is this like slightly grown up future Walt I think that we are supposed to believe that it is just regular Walt but then like who is controlling that vision is something that we need to talk about in the spoilers I think yeah all right cool so um he says hey put down the gun get up and he's like well I can't move my legs because I got shot and Walt goes um yeah you can just uh, try yeah I feel like it's have you tried <laughs> You got stuff to do. You need to get up. But have you tried moving them? Yeah. I can't move them, but have you tried? (laughs) But, um, try harder? Try harder, I guess? Try try some. Try some. (laughs) (laughs) So we have only four, I believe, scenes of uh, of Flash. Well, actually, I can say this because we are doing spoilers for both both, um, episodes. Uh, Flash forwards. uh, (gasps) We have about four. Four scenes, I believe, um, and we are going to talk about those after we talk a little bit about Patreon. Hell yeah. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados. The $1 level, it's $1 a month. You get early access to every single podcast. This one comes out a whole week in advance. Uh, $2 is Discord server. $5 is 10% off at 
uh, the place where I sell stuff and the place where Casey sells stuff and the place where former lost host Brittany sells stuff. <laughs> 10% off at all of those places. And my personal favorite level is the $10 level, which is for our Patreon only podcast, OK Love You Hi or Oakley, which Dave mentioned earlier, where we talk um, about whatever we want for about 45 minutes every two weeks. Um, and it's lots of fun. Oh, it's so delightful. Dave, you're a patron. What's your favorite part about being a patron? My favorite part is uh, I'm a patron at the $10 level. And we thank you. My favorite part is This Week in VanFam. Mm -hmm. It is part of Oakley, and it is the very beginning where we just catch up with Sam, Brittany, and Robin about what's been going on in their lives, which one of their pets has been sick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all of that. So it is, it is adorable. I get to hear my friends. Thanks. I appreciate you both so much. It's the best. If you guys can't help us out on Patreon, check out those places um, where me, Brittany, and Casey sell stuff. Um, that's uh, how you can support us and also get something cool. And if you can't do any of those things, just recommend us to a friend, whether it be this podcast or any of our other podcasts. That's free and it's really helpful. And uh, if you don't want to recommend it to a friend, maybe just check out some of our other ones if this is the only one you listen to. And we really, we really appreciate it. Love and it. Thank you so much. So now we're going to be going into the flash forward. Whoa. I'm sorry. Say what? <laughs> I know. It's the first one. Uh, and Casey did the summary for uh, the couple scenes that we have here. Yes, I did. Um, So before I start, I just want to give a brief content warning that this summary oh, yeah. does contain mentions, descriptions of a suicide attempt. So if that is at all upsetting to you, please just uh, feel free to skip ahead because um, you won't miss much. All right. <clears throat> Thank you. We open with a very beardy Jack. Nope. I missed a word. <laughs> no, you're right. No. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I missed a word. Yeah. <clears throat> we open with a very beardy and intoxicated Jack on a plane. Oh, so sorry. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> West? I was like, no, no, you were right. <laughs> we open with a very beardy and intoxicated Jack on a plane. When? We don't really know yet. He's hmm. bothering the stewardess for another drink, but she's, she offers him a newspaper instead. After hitting some turbulence, he looks at the newspaper and something catches his attention, but we don't know what. He tears a section from the newspaper and then we cut to him driving driving in his car and pulling over to the side of the street. He looks over the small clipping and visibly chicken and upset, he makes a call to an unknown person but barely gets any words out before hanging up and completely breaking down. Parked on the side of the road on a bridge, he gets out of his car and climbs up on the bridge's ledge. He looks to the sky, utters the words forgive me and is about to jump to his death when a car crashes into his parked vehicle and goes up in flames we later see jack at the hospital getting stitches where the doctor sewing him up says the new says that news crew sorry casey can i just really quickly it says in the in the part two that she actually just swerved into the median and got hit by oncoming traffic oh what oh my god i always thought she hit his car <laughs> i don't think she did because he he drives it at the beginning of part two. Oh my god God. Everything else you said was right. Go on, go on. But that's not... Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, but then... Okay, hang on. Okay. Okay. Hey, hang on. Okay. Oh, this doesn't make sense at all then. Okay, okay. What? What? Okay. Wait, so... Okay, that changes everything in my lens. I thought the fact that his car was parked on the side of the road and like I was always thinking that the driver swerved into it and that's what caused it. And so everyone called Jack a hero and he was like, mm, I'm not the hero. I caused uh, this. I mean, he did cause it, but it's because she saw him standing up there, got distracted and then ran into the median. Oh, yeah. I thought it was literally just his car. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know what? I mean, he certainly doesn't have his hazards on. It's not very safe. This, okay, so this still 
Kind of makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Kimmy jumps to his death. Go ahead and just go from the the sentence after whatever sentence you were on. I'm going to keep all this in. Okay, great. We later see Jack at the hospital getting stitches where the doctor sewing him up says that news crews are waiting for him outside and he's being called a hero for helping the driver of the car and her eight-year-old son. She says that it was really lucky Jack happened to be on the bridge at that time, not knowing that Oh, well, this doesn't make sense. Not knowing that his abandoned vehicle was actually the cause of the accident. No, it wasn't. Not knowing that him getting on top of a ledge was the cause of the accident. Okay, that makes more sense. Jack's ex-wife, Sarah, who is now pregnant, comes to see Jack at the ER because she's still listed as his emergency contact. She asks Jack if he's still drinking and he lies and says no. She asks what he was doing on a bridge at 2am, but Jack deflects. Sarah can clearly tell Jack isn't being honest, but she knows from experience that there's nothing she can do to stop his self-destructive behavior and she leaves. Yikes. Toxic. Oh my god. Good for her. Bye. There's a lot there. We cut to Jack in the hospital room of the woman who crashed in to the median the median (laughs) not jack's car oh my god and he's looking over her charts while also popping some oxycodone uh my guy's definitely going through it a man named dr hamill comes in and introduces himself as the new chief of surgery calling jack a hero twice over jack wants to operate on the woman first thing the next morning but dr hamill says they have her treatment under control and another doctor will will be performing her surgery jack gets angry when dr hamill refuses to give in to his demand to oversee her treatment himself and he walks out saying he wants to know what happens to her as he leaves the woman's young child waves at jack and he gives him a small smile oh my god that was the most chaotic summary (laughs) Of my entire life. I wanted to say, before we move on, I think that Dr. Rob Hamill is a really good chief of surgery. I think he's extremely professional, and I think that he's very um, competent, and I like him a lot. I would agree. It's also a solid name. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. All right, but I got lots of hospital thoughts. Why don't we get started on this plane, eh? Oh, my God. (gasps) Yes, and I have headcanon. Oh, great. I want to hear your headcanon. So, we see Jack is drinking something. Yes. I would like to think it's tequila and tonic. Oh. Like Anna Lucia? I would like to think that is the only thing he gets on planes now. That he drinks on planes. Oh, I love that. It's an homage. That being said, what are y'all's go-to like plain beverages? Gin and tonic. Mine is Sprite or ginger ale. I get, I bring an empty water bottle through security and then I fill up the water bottle at Starbucks with ice. So it's ice water for me. Oh. Oh, there's no, there, there's nothing quite as fun as plain drinking. I gotta be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't drink anyway, so I don't know if I'd be fun because whenever I drink, I just get really grumpy and then I go, I want to go home. That's so valid. I just, there is something about Sprite poured in a little airplane cup that just is most satisfying to me. I feel like I've heard that. It's 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 almost like McDonald's Sprite, but in the air. Mm. The mm. sound of if the bubbles feel like they sound different. I get it. They sound different. I get it. Yeah. Do you guys have any other um like travel traditions that you guys do when you're going on planes? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh. Elaborate. <laughs> Okay, so I always try to go for an early morning flight. I would rather take a red eye than something like super... Well, no, that's a lie. A red eye is super late at night. I just... I like really early morning travel. Yeah. Um, always get a coffee. We'll occasionally get a bagel. The thing is, I have really intense travel anxiety so i usually lose my appetite Mm. so i always grab something that i know will sustain me um but isn't like too heavy so i'll grab like Mm -hmm. a pack of nuts or something i never eat nuts unless i'm on a plane yeah i grab like something high protein always a coffee always a water and then when i get on the plane 
always a Sprite or ginger ale. Perfect. What about you, Dave? Alcohol. (laughs) Amazing. Pop off. Honest to God, it's, there's no, alcohol hits harder in in the air in in the air to begin Mm. with so you get more for your money i've never been able to experience that because my like travel anxiety medication i cannot take with alcohol so i've never been able to experience that it also just make i i'm just a tired drunk and i sleep through travel I sleep through airplanes. Oh, that's fair. Just pop on a just pop on a podcast, close my eyes. I have no problem with being on the inside cuz I've got ridiculous shoulders. You've seen them, case. It's just <laughs> they don't work anywhere. Like they they are just they are just uncomfortable and unhelpful. So Who designed airplanes? I want to know. For a second, I thought you were going to be like, "Who designed you, Dave?" <laughs> Get better shoulders, my guy. <laughs> Who designed you, Dave? No. Who designed the airplanes on which we travel? Let me tell you this. When we're talking about who designed us, who put the who put the windpipe and the esophagus side by side? I don't yeah. know. Anyway. Um, so anyway, my headcanon is tequila and tonic. I, it, I also have a flight tradition. What is it? Daily, please sit down. It's not about you right now. <laughs> Daily, sit down for this. All things are about me, mom. <laughs> so uh, in the Edmonton airport, there is this little cafe that has cookies and um, it's like, don't know if you guys have cookies by George, but it's like gourmet cookies. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop it. Like, I don't know if you guys have cookies. <laughs> so if you guys have like cookies, if that's just a Canadian thing, I don't know. Do you guys have those things? They're kind of like brownies, but like yeah. popular. Oh, like yeah. biscuits. <laughs> kind of, but sweeter. <laughs> can't say i've had them okay well either way we have this uh, little place called cookies by george there's one in west edmonton mall and there's one in the in the edmonton airport and um if i'm going through the edmonton airport you better believe i'm getting three cookies by george oh all different Could've flavors or all the same flavor i usually just get the same flavor like chocolate chip. classic chocolate chip chocolate chip nice yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a solid. That's what I always do. That is a solid flavor of cookie. And then if I haven't eaten like lunch or something, I'll usually get like a sandwich from Starbucks. Mm. However, if I'm going through the Calgary, or maybe it's, what am I thinking of? I think the Calgary airport has a booster juice. I'll get booster juice. What the heck is that? Oh, it's just, a, it's a Canadian smoothie brand. I get a booster juice whenever I possibly can. Booster juice. That sounds great. I can say. We'll have some in July. That, oh, yes. I can say that confidently that whenever I am departing from um, Vancouver a- Airport. I don't. Does it have a name? It's just yes. Uh, well, YVR. YVR. Yeah. Whenever I'm departing from there, I always depart with Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coffee, usually some Timbits, occasionally a bagel, because just gotta savor it while I have it. You know. Oh, I miss it. We used to have one. They used to be in New England. Yeah, we used to have one literally down the street from me before I even knew, like, I understood the cultural implications <laughs> of having a Tim Hortons down the street from me. Yeah. Yeah, the, <gasps> all, all all of these choices would have been much better uh, fun facts than the one we settled on. Oops. <laughs> I still like it. Now we're talking about it. It's fine. All right, shall we get started on these flashes? Oh, yes. yeah. Let's do okay, it. Okay, so Jack's on a plane. He's got a big-ass beard. And it is, of course, reminiscent of the pilot, of him, we're starting it on a plane, of him looking out the window, etc. And uh, it says, hi, we're landing. Please put your seatbelt on. And Jack goes, um, can I have another drink? And he, like, puts his hand on the shoulder of the stewardess and instead of like tapping her on the shoulder he puts his whole hand on her shoulder if i was her i'd be like 
Get your hand Get off, off of, of me. me. Also, don't you touch me like that. He still has like an inch of his drink left. He yeah. doesn't need a refresher. Listen, guy, don't touch me. And so she's like, uh, no, everything's put away. We're landing in 20 minutes. He's like, well, 20 minutes is a long time. And she's like, uh, no. <laughs> And I respect her. So she gives him a newspaper instead. And she says, by the way, put on your freaking seatbelt. Newspaper? I can't drink this. Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> this isn't delicious. So then there's some turbulence. And, you know, Jack says later uh, that in this moment, this is the moment where he sort of like hopes that it's going to crash. But if we're 20 minutes out of LAX, my guy, you're just going to crash it to the ground. Yikes. If the island was 20 minutes outside of LAX, people would notice. You could just swim yeah, right. back to LAX. Yeah. So the captain announces that they're landing in Los Angeles. Um, and this... This is our Damon Lindelof cameo. Damon's voice is the captain announcing that. What? Yeah. I had no idea. That's amazing. That's pretty exciting. That's my friend Damon. And so Jack sees something in the paper and we know that it is an obituary. We don't know who it's for yet. Oh, we do know it's an obit? We know that it's an obituary because in part two, he goes to a funeral home. Oh. And so he rips it out so that he can like look at it later. So he drives to a bridge, stops. And dude, didn't you drink so much on that plane? So much. And now you're driving? He should not be Bro. doing that. Not good. Don't forget the pills. What happened to do no harm? Oh, yeah. Do- and the pills. Yeah, true. Exactly. He doesn't even put on his hazards, like I said. Yeah, no. Dude is struggling. It's a good thing that his steering wheel is just like a wheel and doesn't have stuff in the middle or else you wouldn't be able to see him cry. It's really important mm. for the moment. <laughs> so he calls a phone. They don't answer. We know that it's Kate, but we don't know it yet. And he leaves like half a voicemail. <laughs> And hangs up. And my question is, do those get saved for her to hear? I think they do, right? Oh, yeah. Like, as long as you didn't delete it. Yeah. Like, she's going to hear that and be like, is this guy okay? Oh, yeah. Not. For sure. No, is the answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, bro's not okay. So he climbs up on the edge of the bridge. And one of the big fun facts about Lost is that they only shot two scenes in the entire show on location uh, off of Oahu. Um, This is one of them. This is like a bridge that's actually in LA. Um, And the other one is for us to see. Think next season. Oh, Um, well. But yeah, this is actually in LA. Because it's clearly over the LA River. Like, dude's not gonna land in water. No, right. And um, like when he looks down, you see that he's like gonna land on the the concrete. Yeah, because the LA River's not really a river anymore. It's just this yeah. duck, this aqua duct via duct thing. Yeah. It's a thing. So he takes a breath, he asks for forgiveness, and he looks down, but then a car swerves, there's like a big accident, and you start. he starts hearing a mother and a child start yelling, and so Jack has to go and help because he's Jack. And they hit the median, not the car. <laughs> Correct. Because I'm a dumbass. I, I can't remember what I thought the first time I saw this. I think it probably something to say like this is a side of Jack in the past that we've never seen before. And like, when could this have possibly been? Because usually they solidify where in time the flashback is before this. And instead, they're just handing us questions instead of answers. Yeah, I remember because the first time I saw this wasn't all that long ago. I remember this episode and the next episode. I was so confused. Yeah. And I think they do that on purpose. Yeah. And by the end of next episode, I was like, no way. No mm-hmm. way that, like, we're we're moving forward in time. Like, what? Like, is that a fair thing to do to your audience? 
Like, just leave them confused because you have no clue what's going on. You're not even trying to give them a sense of grounding in these four scenes. I think with Lost, they've earned that. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's like crazy like fanaticism, but I feel like at this point, Lost has earned that. Like the audacity to kind of yeah. leave audiences hanging and like genuinely confuse them. By the end of season three. And I hope this makes you feel better, but like even though this is split into two parts, unlike um, the previous two season finales, I believe, at least Exodus for sure was cut into uh, part one and then part two and three were aired together. The first time that this uh, was aired, they just aired it back to back, part one and part two. Um, okay. So the people didn't have to like wait a week to figure out what happened. Yeah, and that's a, I think that's a better way to air this because otherwise yeah. you've got nothing out of this first half. I mean, which is why we're talking about both halves right now, because how do we even talk about this yeah, right. without knowing that? Exactly. It's like, what, we don't want to talk about Lana Priya for two hours? <laughs> right. I yeah, mean, yeah. I could, but it's creepy. <laughs> so Jack is in the hospital. We hear a thing that says like, hey, Dr. Leon to surgery. So Dr. Leon, if you could get to surgery, that'd be great. He's getting stitches on his forehead. And apparently he got eight stitches on his forehead. The girl who's stitching him up says news people are waiting for him because he's a hero. And he's like, how is the woman I saved doing? Stable. Thank God that you were there. And he's like, yeah, thank God I was there. No numbers in the main storyline, huh? What's that? No numbers in the main storyline. Huh? Uh, not really if you won't allow that one time when Richard says 40. Yeah, no, 40 is not a number. <laughs> okay. 40. Yeah, not really. 40 is a number. It is, you don't get four times 10. Yeah. I'm just so, I'm still in shock. Not in shock. I'm still dumbfounded by my own idiocy from. No, 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 no. Not realizing that the car hit the median and not Jack's car. But like, what did they th- think jack was doing what did who did they exactly who did they think that car belonged to like that distracted her i mean luckily like you know dr hamill puts it together in part two and says hey that woman woke up and she told us why she got distracted and hit the median are you okay oh, i should have watched part two before and then jack obviously like overreacts and everything yeah so jack overreacted okay. yeah what? well i mean yeah, and also he's like extremely jack shepherd Yeah, he's extremely intoxicated. So Sarah shows up and the woman's like, hey, no visitors. And he's like, oh, it's okay. We used to be married. And so she's like, okay, you can come in. But if I was her, I'd be like, okay, but you're not married now. So... But no visitors. Yeah. Like, what? On Lostpedia, it said that these scenes were filmed on the sets of Grey's Anatomy. Okay. That is believable. I know. It's weird to me, though, because I feel like the scene on the bridge and a a scene in the future are the ones that were supposed to be, like, the only ones who were shot off Oahu or whatever. So it's, like, weird to me that I had never heard that before. But Mm. maybe it's just this episode or something where there's stuff. Yeah, like, this doesn't count as on location if you're in a studio. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because the one in the future is, like, a, a, a landmark where it is. So that makes sense. So Sarah says, hey, uh, what happened? And he's like, mm, cow accident? <laughs> and she says, are you okay? He says, yes. Are you drinking again? No. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Are you drinking again? No. No, I'm not drinking again. It's like, okay, well, explain why you were on a bridge at two o'clock in the morning. We just watched you drink, my guy. And then this is when they reveal that she's pregnant. Because before we were, because before we only saw her in close-ups. And this is such a good misdirect because Sarah, of course, is from his past. So how could this possibly be the future? There are so many good misdirects, especially in part two. Oh, yeah. 
And we haven't seen her pregnant before. No. So it could be any number of things. But we know it's after their relationship is over. Yes. It's like, we've never seen Jack in a beard like that. So it's like, when was this? He's like, why are you even here? She says, I'm still your emergency contact. What happened? It's uh, a car accident. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Are you drinking again? No. Are you Jack? No. Why did you come down here, Sarah? I'm still listed as your emergency contact. <laughs> Whoops. Why were you driving around at 2 a.m.? <laughs> Well, one of those 2 a.m. drives like you do. Hey, listen, I love a night drive. I'm with him. I I don't know about being on a bridge, though. I sleep in cars. Like, if I'm not driving. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he says, hey, Sarah, since you're here, can you give me a ride home? And she's like, no, absolutely not. I mean, she's very nice about it. She's like, I don't think that would be appropriate. But, you know, she's like, no. And God, she's valid. Yeah, no, she's entirely right not doing that. Yeah, and but it's humiliating. And Jack's like, it's so awkward. He's just like, okay, well, um, thanks for coming anyway. And it's like, okay, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Yeah. And so lastly, we're at the hospital again. Jack is in uniform and, you know, he's working there. So you think, hey, it's a flashback. Jack used to work at the hospital, so it makes sense. And man, you look at him and you're like, damn, he has basically just gone down the same route as, as his dad. This is exactly what Chris Truman was doing. Yeah. So he's looking at the patient's chart. Um, His hands are shaking. So he goes and takes and takes a pill, but he's actually, he's taking several. I'm like, what is the recommended dose? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Several of really extreme drugs. And it's like, my guy, what are you doing? Yeah. So our friend, Dr. Hamill comes in and he says, uh, hey. And Jack's like, oh, hey, just checking on this chart, <sighs> you know, this chart. And he's like, okay, well, I don't think we've met yet. Um, cause you're never freaking here. <laughs> cause you're always intoxicated. I'm Dr. Rob Hamill. I'm the new chief of surgery. And Jack goes, hi, I'm Jack. <laughs> And he goes, oh, the hero, twice over. Yeah, that's it. And of course, this is a confusing statement. This is a really confusing statement until you know it's a flash forward. Because we've also got that, are they trying to make you think that the dad, like he's, like the thing that he saw was the, was his father's obit? Mm. And like, why is there a new chief of surgery? Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like that. That was something that you and I got into, Robin, before we did this, mm-hmm. like, because he doesn't have anything embroidered on his coat uh, in this one, but he does in the next one. It's weird because and then I rewatched part two and he does have it embroidered on his coat in part two. So I feel like that might have been just a mistake. Dang. So he must be new, new. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I forgot that he identified himself as chief of surgery in the dialogue. Mm. Yeah. But I think this moment where... One, he identifies himself as the new chief of surgery, and two... Calls him a hero twice over. Oh, yeah, Yeah. calls him a hero twice over. I think these are the first hints we get that, like, okay, maybe this is not in the past, this is not in the present, is this in the future? Yeah. Hmm. There's, like, this thing about... I can't remember what it was, and I guess I, I thought that I had grabbed it, but I guess I didn't, but there was this thing where someone was like, um, his cell phone is from 2007, or, like, something he had is, like, from 2007, and I was like, so all of the people who were watching it for the first time should have clocked that it was a flashback within the first scene. Come on, it's from 2007. Yeah, right? Come on, you see an iPhone 12 in... Yeah. 
2004, come on. Well, it's one of those things where, like, smartphones just straight up weren't a thing before 2007. They existed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, like if you go back and rewatch something like Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls, there's a whole episode about Sidekick. Anybody oh, remember right. the sidekick? I wanted that phone so bad. And it's it's one of those, and they talk about palm pilots and all of that, and it's really dating in hindsight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, t- that 2007 tech break with the iPhone is a really important thing, or at least it, in my to, in my lay opinion, is a really important dating thing for when you're doing a period piece. Right. So they do this like weird, awkward handshake, and uh, they're like, "Hey, are you okay? Like, I'm really surprised that you came in today because didn't you just save her like literally yesterday?" And hey, right place, right time, huh? She's very lucky. And Jack's like, well, if she was lucky, he's like such a jerk. He's like, if she was lucky, she wouldn't have a spinal injury. So yes. don't say that she's lucky. Well, if she, if you weren't there, she'd just be dead. So maybe she is lucky, Jack. Stop being a jerk. Jack Shepard, a jerk? So he's like, I'd like to operate tomorrow. I'd like, I'd like to operate tomorrow. And immediately Rob Hamill's like, hey, you should probably know this because you're a doctor, but um, that's kind of like a conflict of interest. <laughs> and uh, this is not your patient. It's not a great idea. Like, we know what's going on and everything. Gary Nadler's gonna do it. And, um... Nadler, spelled the exact same way as Rosen Bernard's last name. Oh my god. But this guy's name is Gary Nadler. This never goes anywhere, so don't worry about it. Um, It's just weird that they have the same last name. It's crazy. Also, if Jack had done this surgery, he fully would have messed it up. And I'm really glad that Gary did it, and it didn't get messed up. Mm-hmm. Good job, Gary. So Jack's like, I don't care. Um, I would like to do it. And he's like, dude, you've done enough. You pulled this woman and her eight-year-old son from a flaming car. That's an eight-year-old there, that is. And he's like, oh, well, I want to. And he's like, dude, it's fine. Go home. Like, he's very nice to him and very good about it, which is why I really like this guy. And he's like, just go home. Have a drink. You deserve it. Not the best thing to say to an alcoholic. Nope. Not great. Not not great, Bob. Can I help you? Just checking her chart. I'm sorry. I'm Dr. Hamill. Rob, the new chief of surgery. I don't think we've met yet. Jack Shepard. Dr. Shepard, the hero. Twice over. You all right? After last night, I'm surprised you'd even want to come in. Talk about right place, right time, huh? This woman is very lucky you were there. She was lucky she wouldn't have a fractured back that was impinging upon her spinal cord. I'd like to operate first thing in the morning. You want to operate? Yes. I'm sorry, Jack, but this isn't your patient. And we are well aware of the issues. Gary Nadler is doing the surgery at 6 a.m. With all due respect, Dr. Hamill, I'd rather do it myself. Jack, last night you pulled this woman's eight-year-old son out of a flaming car. Then you went back for her. I think you've done enough. I want to do this surgery. Look, everything's under control here. She'll be fine. Go home. Have a drink. You deserve it. Okay, please give me the chart back, Jack. And Jack's like, I want you to call me and tell me what happens. And he's like, all right, guy, whatever, man. And in the second part of the finale, he says, 
you know, Jack's like, well, you told me you were going to tell me what happened. And he's like, I called your voicemail three times and told you what it was. And, and, and Jack's like, oh, well, my phone is broken. Well, then why did you tell me to call you? Right. You told me to call you and tell you what happened. And I did. And now you're in here stealing my stuff. Anyway. So Jack's like, whatever. He walks out. He sees the news on TV and it's obviously about the car accident. It's an unidentified 40 year old woman and her son. And in other places all over Lostpedia, and it must say somewhere else too, it says that she's 42. So she's 42. Her son is eight. So we've got 42 and eight there. Oh. Yes, both Damon and Carlton have a cameo um, in these flash forwards. And this is Carlton's cameo. He is the voice of the guy on the news. Oh my God. Good for him. Yeah. So the kid is sitting in the waiting room and waves. Uh, why is this child like alone? Because <laughs> the adults are completely ignoring him. I don't know if they're with him or what, but he's just sitting there by himself. And he waves at Jack and Jack waves back very, very nicely. And I just, I'm just really happy that he wasn't so screwed up and intoxicated to be like nice to this kid because that would have really like messed up that kid I feel like it'd be like that's the guy that saved me oh he's mean yeah yeah never beat your heroes kids yeah so on the on the tv it says dr jack shepherd pulled them from the wreckage and they were later transported to saint sebastian which is the hospital that they are literally in right now and the rest of that storyline is gonna have to wait so now we're gonna go into segments our first segment is our favorite line award uh, my favorite line award goes to Sawyer and Juliet for... Are you screwing Jack yet? No. Are you? <laughs> it's good. Uh, and I'd like to give an honorable mention to Bernard and Rose for... Say it, Bernard. I am a dentist. I am not Rambo. And don't you forget it. I love them. Oh, my God. My best line award goes to the line just before that. For Juliet and Sawyer. We're building a runway. Runway? For what? The aliens. The aliens! aliens. <laughs> that one's going to be a fun one to gif, I feel like. <laughs> and my favorite line award goes to Bernard and Rose for the line immediately before Robin's <laughs> Robin. Other one. Yeah. If I told you that I'd help you with your SOS sign, would you change your mind? No, ma'am. It's so oh. soft. It is so sweet. You feel like it, it's two words and you just feel how much he loves her. No, ma'am. And she loves him right back. It's so sweet. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about this in our in our SOS episode, but like, you know, in the same way that like Yoonjin is so good in this episode that I'm just like, I believe that they're married and I forget that Yoonjin and Dan aren't married in the same way that Sam Anderson has in love with you eyes all the time on all because the time. like in the proposal scene in SOS oh stop I'm losing my mind so good there were so many good choices for favorite line awards this episode thank you so much to Damon and Carlton for this um and now our next segment is man of science man of faith and we are talking about Jack <sighs> Jack is almost always a man of science. So is there any man of faith Jack that we can see in this episode? I think that we see his man of science failing him on the island. Mm. Like there's a lot of stuff going on there where he is sciencing his way through and mm. it's just not working and it's just not working and it's just not working. So I really think we end up seeing and it becomes a lot clearer with the flashbacks from flash forwards from the next episode. Yeah. Future Jack is a man of faith. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Like, I think this 
this moment is really a turning point for Jack where he's leaning so heavily on his science tendencies and he's realizing maybe things aren't playing out the the way they're supposed to because I don't have the the genuine faith that they're supposed to turn out a certain way. You know, he's telling people, oh, it's fine. Everything will be fine. Yeah, there were supposed to be three explosions, but like, it's fine. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. It's good. But he definitely doesn't believe that in this moment. Um, but I think he's he's learning to transition into the kind of person who does believe that like maybe everything is happening for a reason. Right. And like, I'm just realizing this even, you know, at the second scene of the flash forwards, you know, he's up on that bridge and he looks up and says, forgive me. Who's he saying forgive me to? Don't know. If he's not being a man of faith in that moment, I don't know what he could possibly be being. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me, science. Yeah. (laughs) Please, science. Einstein, if you're up there, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't say Boone. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there it is. It's for his bingo card. For the bingo, it was Casey this time. I wasn't going to do it. You brought it up. You brought it up. All right. So now it's time for Sawyer's Book Corner. A Valhalla Rising is a 2001 book by Clive Cussler. It is seen on Ben's bookshelf. Um, and it's also seen on Jack's bookshelf in his office. I don't know if they're talking about his office in the finale or if he's talking about a different office. I'm not sure. Hotel, a copy of this book by Arthur Haley is also seen on Ben's bookshelf. Um, Though the story offers no obvious parallels to Lost, Haley's uh, most famous novel, Airport, concerned an airport and an air disaster. His first published work was the 1956 television drama Flight Into Danger about a crashing plane's passengers and crew. Wow. Listen, if this guy has a book called airport and a book called hotel what other books does he have and also i'm kind of interested i love airports and i love hotel yeah super interested sauna sweat lodge yeah his next book (laughs) spa yeah good all right did they do the thing uh the thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode there's a scene where looking glass is said three times but never through the looking glass which is okay because it's a reference to um alice in wonderland Nicole, you need to go down to the looking glass and find out what Charlie Pace is doing down there. You told us the looking glass was inoperable. Flooded. I lied. Mikhail, I need you to go now. I can be there by dawn. But if Julia told them about the looking glass, what else did she tell them? How many episodes since the last knockout? Zero. <laughs> Because Saeed got knocked out this episode. Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? No. What are women? I don't think there's... For a dollar. I'm a woman. I don't think there's a conversation between two women. Sun and Rose have a lot of meaningful looks. (laughs) But that's not a Bechdel test. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there a scene missing her there and it's not fair. All, all the women yeah. just communicate telepathically. Yeah. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Uh, thank you to all three of my roommates, Brittany, Sam, and Emily, for uh, hanging out while we recorded this podcast. Also, thank you to um, my dog, uh, only half, because he's being bad right now. Oh, he did his best. Does anybody else want to say thank you? I'd very much like to say thank you to my uh, four-year-old daughter who knocked on the door in the middle of uh, in the middle of recording because she wanted to show me that she had turned her bedroom into a boutique. She is so <laughs> valid. Oh my god, I love that child. <laughs> thank you to my mom and dad and my dog 
for being my mom and dad and my dog. Good. Really, really great. If you are so inclined, write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. That'd be great. If you're a fan of The 100, you like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and now we're going back to do the good old days, starting with season three and ending with season one. Uh, If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that one too. We have a podcast episode out for every single episode of Riverdale. We are in the midst of season six right now, and uh, this is insane. Oh my god. You don't have to watch Riverdale to listen to it. Oh. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, uh, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, We currently have an episode out for every episode of Stranger Things as well, although I do believe that this comes out after at least the first bit of season four. I hope it's good. Oh boy, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. And if you're a patron at the $2 level, you can watch me uh, live tweet my way through my first watch of uh, Stranger Things season three. Yes. On the Discord server, whether you like like it or not. Oh yeah, I think Isra- I just gotta say, I love the Discord server. (laughs) <laughs> well, ser- server server yeah words are hard isra i think had mentioned like oh i like the discord server because somebody is live tweeting stranger things and uh that was you yep. that's dave you can follow at the affectionados on twitter facebook tumblr instagram uh mostly twitter but robin makes gifts of our favorite land words on tumblr so check those out it true and like we said earlier our patreon is patreon.com slash the if you like what we do here please consider donating because it's expensive it's free for you to listen to but it's not free to make i put a whole lot of work into it and i'd really appreciate your help it would really mean the world to me. There's a lot of cool things that you can get for joining. And um, yeah, you're the best. That would be so cool. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV. That is C-S-E-Y Watches TV. You can yeah. find it in the description. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you for having me. I am super excited. I used... I was thinking that it was going to be three years before I finally got around to my first episode. Oh my god. Well, I think we're going to have you on one of the first episodes of season four, actually, so we, we might see you uh, again pretty soon. Oh, we sure bet. Yeah, I, oh yeah, no, I poached that episode from Casey immediately, and then when I went to look it up, it uh, is relevant to my interests. Yeah, that worked out really well. And Dave, where can we follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at 1701Trekkie. It's the numbers 1701 and the word Trekkie. Uh, it's a fandom account, but also I scream about politics uh, and whatever interests me. So, you know, you're welcome to follow me, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> Perfect. Our next episode is episode 323, Through the Looking Glass Part 2. And we are, of course, going to have the incomparable Joe Garfine of Cancer Gets Lost oh at Joe Pinionated. Um, every time we re-record with her, I am so intimidated, oh but it's going to be so much fun. Oh my god, this is my first, this is going to be my first episode with Joe. Ah! Oh my god. I have heard nothing but joy every time the Joe comes on. I am mm-hmm. I am uh, not worthy to share half an episode with her. Oh my god. <laughs> I messaged her and I was like, oh, I don't know if she'll like even want to. But every time she comes on, she always says at the end, like, oh yes, I would love to come back whenever. And so every time I ask her, I'm just like hoping she still feels that way. And she does. And then she does. Oh my yeah. god. Amazing. All right, everyone. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Yes! Spoilers! Spoilers, spoilers, cousin. So, on Lostpedia, 
I grabbed a couple of things in the spoilers. This episode is the last appearance of Sarah. That's crazy to we me. We will never see Sarah on the show again. I feel like we do, but I guess we don't. We don't. When did Modern Family start? Yep. Oh, I don't know. Must have been around this time. Also, this is the last time Claire is ever seen in the beach camp. Uh, uh Modern Family started oh nine. Oh. Oh, so yeah, it was after this. This was uh 2007. Yeah, so, yeah, it would have even been before. So what? So the pilot for, um, if it was a Fall 09 show, the pilot would have been shot, what, a year after this? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Or the following cycle, the following season for 08. Mm. So I think we'll do spoilers for the island storyline first. But the first thing I had was that Naomi is like, hey, Jack, what did you do for a living? Oh, you know. I know you have files on everybody. (laughs) I know you know. Oh, of course she knows. I got nothing for spoilers, honestly. All right. That works for me. I got some stuff. Not a whole lot, but I do. Recently, we were talking about when the heck Friendly was meant to go and see Michael. Like, in season four, he goes to see Michael, and I was like, he's been here the whole time, and then he dies. And so when could he possibly go and see Michael? And so I finally was like, I'm just gonna go on the Friendly page for Lostpedia and try and figure it out. And apparently, he only left for like four days in between like a certain scene in season three and when we see him playing football with Jack. That So when we see him playing football with Jack is apparently when he's already back. Wait. And he's, you know what? He's probably having a good time just hanging out because he got to hang out with his boyfriend. Oh my God. And now he's coming back and he's having a great time playing football. Love that for him. Wait, yeah, he leaves... Apparently he's only gone for like four days because, you know, we see him so much. Oh, you're talking about when he he sees Michael and meet Kevin Johnson? In season four, yeah. Yeah. Comes back. Oh, damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Juliet talks about the runway. Um, They literally use this runway to leave the island in the finale. They sure do. And then the only other thing I had for the island storyline, other than maybe what you guys, or Casey, if you wrote down anything Mm. for the island storyline, is us seeing Walt at the end and wondering who that is. I think that, you know, when we see, when Shannon sees Walt, we kind of like, we're trying to figure out what is Walt, like ghost Walt, trying to get somebody to do and whose goals does that align with? So he's trying to get Locke to get up so that he'll stop the freighter from coming and stop everybody from leaving. I think, I think that this is Jacob. And I think last time we saw him, it was Jacob too. Because it can only be Jacob, can't it? Like, aren't those the rules? Yeah, I think so. And Because it can't be be... Yeah, so I think it's Jacob... Who doesn't want his candidates to leave. Yeah, because it can't be MIB. Yeah. I I mean, we've seen MIB do people who aren't on the island. It's just not supposed to be part of the rules. Yeah, no. Like, they were figuring out their rules as they were going along. Like, that's fine. I get it. Like, there's stuff in, like, there's stuff in some of the whispers, like, when Shannon dies, where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, there's Boone. But yeah, Boone isn't a whisper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... That's kind of the deal. Did you have anything else for the island, uh, Casey? Um, For the island, I just noted a a handful of things. Mm -hmm. One, Kate, when they're all looking at the, the crew that went off, they're looking at the camp and there are two explosions that go off and there's not the third and Kate says it didn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. It just reminded me very heavily. Season six, 
well, mm, season five into season six, where mm-hmm. Juliet's iconic line, it worked. It worked. It's like, just bl- like blended throughout the, the rest of the show. Yes. That, that just to remind me of that. Ben, does he love Alex or does he love possessing her? Right. Clearly losing her in season four ruins him, changes his entire life. So clearly he loves Alex to an extent. Yeah, you know? I would agree. I think he doesn't realize that he like genuinely loves her until he loses her. Which is why it hurts so bad when he says to Kimi, I don't even care or love her at all. Yeah. Thinking that that would save her, but that ends up being the last thing she ever hears. Yeah, that hurts me so much. <laughs> and lastly, I just had a note that our first really our only shot of Locke is of Locke lying on a bed of corpses in this episode. And it's also the episode where, like, technically you trace it back, and it's the episode we find out that Locke is dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You're right. You're right. Yikes. But they didn't know that it was lock at this point right i don't think they did no yeah i don't Mm. think so i don't which is so crazy like i don't think they knew that like jack didn't know that but like we go back and it's like oh my god i think there was a possibility that it could have been sawyer and yeah and you know seeing that like oh nobody came to the funeral at the beginning of part two that also that could have been sawyer you know i believe that that could have been sawyer that no one came to his funeral oh yeah for sure but also could have been the father yeah yeah so yes oh that just hurt me could have been jesus jesus (laughs) yeah i think it's the the thing is that Jack went and and was bringing his body back in the pilot or in White Rabbit. Oh, right. and he also and also they they're still talking about his father being on vacation. Which how 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 many years has this yeah. been? Uh, three. So they're still thinking that he's been on an extended vacation for three years. Y- yes, yes, of course. When did they say that? Next episode in the flash forward. Well, yeah, because he says, um, you get my dad down here, and if he's drunker than I am, you can fire me. Yeah, and he's on vacation, and the, the excuse is that he's on vacation or something like that. Like, what the hell? Did they say that? Yeah. When? Or, oh, Jack says, oh, he's out of town. Out of town. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But yeah. that's just it. But that, right, right, right. Because that, but the audience is like, oh, he's out of town. But in reality, Jack's like, I'm lying. Oh, and who else could it, his father was chief of surgery, so there's a new chief of surgery, but who's the chief? Of surgery in between is it jack i think so okay so like that should have been a giveaway yeah and this doesn't need to be oh, for the spoiler sure. section since we're already in the flashbacks uh or the flash forwards i've got it's so sad to think that Locke is already dead at this point yeah that hurts me and i wish that Locke could see the reaction that Jack has to seeing that he's dead. And the fact that Jack is the only one who goes. And like later, Kate's like, why would I even go to that? And it's like, because he was your friend. Because he was your friend and he was just like, no one showed up. A little guy with no no other friend. It's also really interesting that, you know, and we, we see this obviously in season five, but both Jack and Locke almost commit suicide, but then are stopped at the last moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack, of course, continues to live on. But then with in Locke's case, Ben shows up and kills him anyway, which... I have problems with, to be honest. But Jacob has to have caused this crash, right? He can't just let a candidate die like that. He must have, yeah. Yeah. Jacob was like, no, no. Like, but to what extent? To what extent do his powers extend off the island? Are they just? I think it quite a lot. That's why all these character connections happen. Yeah, off island, and... I, I think he can do any. I think anywhere he can do pretty much anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, he shows up in season five. He's shown up in Kate's uh, childhood, in Sawyer's childhood, and in Jack's past you know and all those places and he doesn't ha- actually have to physically travel that's right the intervening distance he's just bam here i am yeah 
Honestly, that's all I got. Yeah, I got. Oh. I, I got nothing. Oh, um, all right. The, the one thing it was from uh, Man Behind the Curtain, like they mm-hmm. were uh, in the science in the science class with the volcano right. mm-hmm. that was supposed to be foreshadowing for the last fight between mib and jack oh right was originally supposed to be on a volcano but it got mm-hmm. to a point where it was like they just couldn't afford it and volcanoes have been done so much yeah i agree i feel like i would have been like seriously you guys <laughs> What is it? Star Trek 3 is exactly yeah. what you would have thought. Yeah. Uh, all right. We good to go? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, all right. Once again, Dave, thank you for joining us. Yay! Thank you for having me. And I look forward to being back for Eggtown. Yes. Looking forward to it. Uh, you can follow at the Affectionals all over the place. Uh, check the description for all of our um, various Twitters and our Patreon, patreon.com slash We love you so much. If you got this far, mwah! You're the best. There's only one more thing I have to say to those people. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. It's Charlie.